This is Link to the Cast, your weekly dose of video games and nerd culture ephemera available everywhere. Good podcast are sold. I'm your party host, Dave Ryan. And for the first time since Game of the Year, we're joined by our full complement. <laughs> Firstly, he's the astonished platforming prodigy. He's Mark Robinson. Mark, how are you? I, I've uh, been unemployed now for nearly two months. And yeah. let me tell you, it's great. Yeah. Really recommend it. Yeah. Having you're, a great time. You're at the, you're, I think you're a month away from the window. Like they're usually where the, the novelty starts to wear off. When it gets longer than a summer vacation is usually when people start to get antsy. I mean, I, I've been basically like working full time in terms of making this game at the moment. So, you know, I, I it's not like I'm sitting around playing Elden Ring for 400 hours, which I could have done. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm using my time productively, but I'm, you know, only answering to myself, which is like the best and worst situation yeah. I could probably yeah. be in. Look, when, when you start answering you back is when you have to worry. That's when you've been yeah. inside too long, mate. Yeah. The, the problem is, is that um, like, I'm trying to stick to like a nine to five, nine to six schedule in terms of just working on the game and stuff. But then there's like the bits and pieces with, you know, the, the YouTube content and whatever for, for us. So I sometimes I'll like on a Monday, I'll wake up at like seven and then spend the first two hours doing all of that. And then it's like, you know, what? I don't want to look at my PC for the next four or five hours. Now I want to go do something else for a while, which is not, you know, my, my time management still needs some work, but, uh, but I'm great. Thank you, Dave. I'm very yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> also, when you get to the point where you're like, I docked myself pay for being late <laughs> in this morning. So we, we start uh, it'd to be worry. nice if I could pay myself. Yeah. But yeah. hey, we'll get there. And that's the truth. Uh, joining us as well, of course, the Roman Reigns of audio, the Sidona simp. I was going to say Mr. Chelsea, but that's a sore spot lately. It's Jack Lazell. Yeah, moving swiftly on from that subject. <laughs> I've had, I'd had a fucking cracking week for the football, and so was Garrett. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's just, let's just not. Eh? <laughs> how, how often is it me in this situation? In fairness, uh, every you know? two to three seasons. Yeah, like every now and then we have a little bit of a, a bit of a yeah. chaos, but you know, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, going on the the usual Chelsea cycle, you'll win the league next year. Yeah, true. Yeah. Hey Dave, if you were a soup, what flavour soup would you be? To prevent myself being uh, quickly eaten, I'd have to try and think of like a terrible one. Like a, a really low rent French onion soup. Like oxtail on fart or something as yeah, a flavour yeah, yeah. soup. Now if I was to think of like if I wanted myself to be a delicious soup, um I my my soup of choice is potato and leek. See? I see. I am gazpacho. Oh, I am a summer soup, Dave. You should know this. I'm now hungry, and we have a full podcast to go. So thanks for that. Uh, rounding us out, returning to the show, he has crossed the line. He is the apex of humanity. He's Mister Sheffield United. It's Garrett Kidney. Garrett, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are good, you, Dave? Succinct. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Because uh, you're the I host. You know, no one gets to ask no, how you are. Because you're all like, oh, yeah. last week. Thank you very <laughs> much. Did, and I was similarly caught unawares. <laughs> I asked him what kind of soup he was, I, so that's normal. I, I never prepare any bits for this part of the show because I'm used to playing to the peanut gallery. Um, yeah, I'm good. Um, yeah. <laughs> Let's all just ask Dave how he is. <laughs> yeah, no, this is weird and disconcerting. Am I dying? 
Is that what's no, it's just you know, missed, missed the team lead with all the yeah, important stuff yeah, to do now. Yeah, You're in carry. That's always a danger to any man's health. Yeah, I got my I got my big time promotion and then immediately took a holiday. Which is <laughs> like the most fucking how it's fucking done. Billy big time bullshit you'll ever hear in your life. Um, yeah, things have been good. The football's going great. Um, things are starting to settle down in the new job because I'm still also doing my old job at the same time because they're trying to f- the problem with promoting me is then you have to find the new me um, and while there is no new me I am doing the new job and the old job so that has been are you also in the process of finding the new you? Uh, yes uh, no, not in an existential sense but in, Spiritually. A, in, a, in, a, in an actual like bodies in the office sense yes yes uh, we're are conducting interviews next week. Dave, which there's will be bodies weird, in your office? Because this, this will be the first time in my working life that I'm on the other side of the table. I'll be doing... Oh, are you going to play mind games? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You're going to be asking, like, trick questions? You're going to be shaking me. your head when they say something good? <laughs> yeah. Are you just going to play the tape of Mankind unless you're Shawn Michaels? Will I make no eye contact whatsoever, uh, thus, like, robbing them of any confidence whatsoever or will I make an upsetting amount of eye contact with never them? ever ever break it they look over the other side of the room you yeah. start peering across the just, table just have a little spritz bottle for my eyeballs so I don't even have to blink <laughs> Dave what you should do is actually just like walk in like a total big shot with sunglasses and a chain on and yeah, then just oh, sit there and look uninterested okay, in every okay. answer has anybody in the spirit of this has anybody got a horrendous doing a job interview story or what was your kind of worst question you were asked in an interview type story? I had one in, in college. I had a horrible time getting work placement. Yeah. So I did like nine oh, interviews. Schools are because you, you, you did a teaching placement, didn't you? Yeah, but I was fine. My my um my school I went to accepted me immediately. That one was okay. Yeah. I, I actually I just about avoided having to interview for other schools. I was starting that process when I dropped out, which was uh, an absolute nightmare. But yeah, when I was in third year of college the, that summer, they they send everybody out in workplace, usually paid, and I ended up getting paid as well, which was nice. But apparently, every company hates me <laughs> because it yeah. took like nine interviews for me to finally get like a small accounting firm in Mallow to be like, yeah, come down for the summer. That's all right. And there was one of them where just like, they didn't ask me any questions. They talked the whole time. And then they brought me into the office afterward. The, the, like, the person who runs the placement program is like, they gave you very bad feedback on that interview. It's like, I didn't say anything. They didn't give me a chance to say anything. <laughs> yeah, that's like, they you just... didn't say anything. You didn't baselessly interrupt them constantly. Yeah, it's like they steamroll me for 20 minutes, say, do you have any more questions? I'm like, no, I didn't really say anything here. And mm. then she's like, was your interviews going? getting very bad feedback. It's like, it's not my fault. I'm doing my best. I know there was, um, Maria told me about this once that when you go for job interviews, the whole bit at the end there where they say, have you any like further questions? You should always have a couple of questions prepared, but like the way that she kind of phrased them to me, it was almost like you're attacking back at them with the questions to ask, but it does kind of work because it does show that, you know, you come with a bit of preparation and, yes. in, you know, I, I workplace Mark, culture is I, always my go-to, by I the way. Would it's say, like, oh, what's the, what's the work culture here? I would That's say something Mark, you don't usually address in the interview. That is a very private sector centric uh, approach. Sure, <laughs> in, sure. In the public sector, the response is, no, I have no further questions. <laughs> <laughs> because God forbid, if you were to ask something about like pay, you would be laughed out of the fucking building. Um, what about you, Jack? Any horrendous interview moments? I, uh, I, I got told that I, I looked like, 
I didn't get a job because I looked too much like a student. That's what I happened to me once. I had an I had an interview at Sony. Um, yeah, that 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 company um, that like makes the PlayStation through the door on your sweet skateboard. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, cowabunga, dudes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they're like, God damn, it's 2006, mate. Fucking man in his jaunty backwards cap. <laughs> give it up. Yeah, no, I um, I went for an interview, but basically it's one of those ones where I had longer hair at the time. I was working at the libraries. And, um, well, I, I still kind of have longer hair now, but I have a job, so it doesn't really matter. Um, I went in and I didn't have time to get a haircut first. Like, a lot of the time, and I don't think it's as, as much of a case anymore, um, but a lot of the time I think people just look just look purely at you rather than like what the answers that you're given. And I think there's some people, if your face just doesn't fit, they're like, nah, I'm not interested in this guy. And none of my feedback was about the content of my answers. It was all about how I just seemed too much like a student um, in terms of my approach to the interview. And I actually thought like I'd walked out of there given a really good interview, but I was just like, oh, I don't want to work for this shit company anyway. It wasn't for like the video game section. It was just for like one of the uh, like um, DVD and music and stuff distribution centers. So mm. yeah, you know, here's what it is. I um I got asked in a job interview once, how would you solve a crisis between two members of staff? Fairly standard interview question, you would think. Two things. I was 16. (laughs) (laughs) And it was for a weekend job in the Tesco bakery. (laughs) Or they often have crises between members of staff. Obviously. And then having worked in a bakery. They turned to 16-year-olds routinely to solve those problems as well. Because it's mostly problems between the 16-year-olds. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, it is, yeah. Pretty much. What's that? Pretty team much. Profits. Um, let's, um, let's segue quite awkwardly into what we've been watching lately. Um, and Garrett, I have to finally compliment you to your face for a uh, thoroughly fantastic recommendation in Double Fine Psych Odyssey. That's what I finished off watching this week. I didn't quite hit it with the Greyhound out of a trap speed that you had, um, <laughs> but I did finally get round to part 32 uh, and finish it off this week. And it is, with all due respect to our compatriot, Danny O'Dwyer, it's the best video game documentary of all time. Yeah, it's, it's not even close. Like, I, I didn't mention it the, when I was talking about it, but just like the construction of it as a documentary you you think 32 episodes 22 hours th- there's going to be a lot of filler there's not they're not going to be able to like construct a cohesive narrative over the course of that much content whereas like every episode is its own like little self-contained story all 32 of them yeah and it's it's really admirably put together even aside from like the the interesting look of the content it gives you yeah it was weird to see like everybody getting so stressed out in that studio to the point where I'm actually I was actually rooting for the yeah. Microsoft buyout. You did like develop a parasocial relationship with these video game developers. Yeah. You're, you're like, oh, I haven't actually worked at Double Fine for six years making this game with them. Yeah. It turns out I've just watched this documentary, even though it does feel like I've been there the whole time. <laughs> there's this there's this tell that the documentary has that I just made after about the third time I copped it. Um well, and I copped it by the second time, but by the third time it happened, I was just pissing myself laughing because what you will get is you will have a scene 
where something happens and there will be a slow pan and zoom towards one person in the room, which is the camera move of, oh, they're about to leave. Yeah. (laughs) And it happens over and over and over again. Uh, throughout this process, um, it's it's like the Simpsons. You can see his heartbreak in real time, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I, that I, kind of zoom in. The first time, and it broke my heart was with that guy Ray. Now at least yeah. he's still there, but he like he moves out of being in the studio and goes off to Utah. I think it is. Um, but yeah, it, it happens over and over, and it is hilarious because it's just a, oh, that's the tell. That's the tell when they're going to do that. The other thing that's quite illuminating, and I think you mentioned it when you were talking about it, Garrett, is like you can see how, with the best will in the world, people in video game studios work themselves into crunch. Like they're like so vehemently against crunch, and then slowly but surely as that date comes up they start to work themselves into a shoot about it and they just like they take too much pride in their work to allow the game go out unfinished and use that to kind of justify crunch themselves there's a great line in one of the episodes when there's like the project is finally actually nearing completion and one of the lead level designers the guy called Jeremy uh somebody has a line to him where he's like you need to be saved from yourself. I was like, cause he was the guy about whom like people were pointing as an example of like, this guy is happily crunching and like ruining his own life. And he's like, he's not complaining about it. We're complaining about it because this guy is going to have a breakdown. If somebody doesn't step in about it. Um, it's yeah, it's uh really interesting boy. Um, though the, uh, like <laughs> one of the funny things about it is what a, like, it's not even a spoiler, because from moment one that uh, this project starts and you meet the the lead on the project, Zach McClendon, you're like, ooh, this guy doesn't seem like a good fit for Double Fine and everything they stand for. I wonder how that's going to pan out. Guess how it pans out. And you would have liked, because it, it's one of the things the documentary doesn't quite cover, is like, well, why exactly did he leave? You know, you know, like, the the emotional reason why he left, but you don't really get, like, the ramp up of, like, there was clearly beneath the surface of this documentary a lot more going on with Zach and the people around him. Yeah, that you you only that saw other, like glimpses cause, of. Because that was <laughs> the other thing. I kind of felt bad for him, but there's like so Zach is like the primary antagonist for like the first half of this game's yeah. cycle, and then like he has like his this guy Ryan who's like his, his little minion, dog, his <laughs> little minion who's like his yes man. But when Zach is hoofed off the project Zach is on uh, uh, Ryan is on paternity leave yeah and he comes back and he's like um and like tries to stick it out for what seems like about a week and then he's gone as well my favourite um, part of that is like he's still picking the Zach battles like like yeah. he's still picking those fights even after Zach is gone it's like dude that ship has sailed Try like he, did, he didn't even try to be like alright it's a new team a new environment because yeah. he came with Zach from, I think it was two uh, K, right? Yeah, yeah. They so worked he, on, but uh, like Zach's main credit to that point was he was the director of Bioshock Two. Yeah, so he was like Zach's guy, and you could kind of tell before even all the blow up. It's like they don't like him either. Yeah. <laughs> they very clearly don't like him either. I was like the one that I thought like the whole I was like living and dying with like the the guy James that they hire at the start of the process who like circles the drain of being kicked out 
or leaving the studio because of his like him and Zach's relationship for so long that I'm I'm kind of shocked that he he wrote it out, even though at one point he was literally hospitalized during the cycle of this game. Um, There's also God, who was it? There's like. When Zach was there, there was like long term staff members. He was basically railroading out of the place without like, God bless Tim Schafer. But like Tim Schafer doesn't escape the blame because like Tim Schafer was off in this world of like, I find leading projects too stressed out. So I'm just going to be the writer on this game. And I'm going to let Zach handle all this. And I'm going to hide in my office. And but, like, then, but then the funny part is like every time Tim would see something they're building, He'd clearly absolutely detest it. He's like, yeah. that's not Psychonauts. Fix it. Yeah. And then he leaves to go right and he comes back like two months later. It's like, no, it still sucks. That's still not Psychonauts. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was there was one person. Your own Anna was the, like, that was, I think, the, the moment where it's like, oh, Zach is done. Where it's like, yeah. A, a long-term employee, someone who was beloved was, in the studio. She was like there when they set up their first like warehouse office. Yeah, they show archive footage of her on moving day when Double Fine opens, like. And you, you talked about the seeing their heartbreak in real time, because there's a moment where she's showing Zach something really cool she got the enemies to do. There's like, oh, they, they have these nude patterns, they have these new attacks. And it's something she's clearly really excited about. Yeah. And Zach, in a way, again, when you watch the documentary, he doesn't mean to do this, but he's constantly doing it. But like, he just kind of condescendingly shuts her down. And then you get the slow zoom on her. Yeah. <laughs> just like, she's just staring at the floor. <laughs> and literally the next scene is her leaving the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like in her head writing her notice. Like, yeah, you, literally, you, you will say, the word. I said it to myself out loud. It's like, oh, she's gone. And then next scene, it's like, he left the company. <laughs> And I, I think yeah. that was the turning point where it's like, I think that's probably where Tim saw, oh, this is this is a problem. Like, this that is a, was, a problem. Yeah, there was like a few guys leaving where he was like, he was sad. Like, he was bummed Ray was going to Utah, but at least Ray was still working there. Um, He was bummed when a couple of other people left. But like Anna, he was like in tears <laughs> that Anna, he couldn't believe that Anna was leaving. And yeah, I think that's where things start to change because you see a lot more of Tim out in meetings from that point on. Um, there was also God. I can't think of, can't think of who it was. There's somebody like right near the end who was like, they're one of the people that's never leaving. And then they have like, the, it's the most swept under the rug thing that happens during the whole thing because it's like literally just jump cut. I'm leaving double fine and acknowledges I had a really bad argument with Tim. We have fallen out. Things were said. Feelings were hurt. And I have yeah. to leave. Who was that? It was the, the bald guy, wasn't it? The guy who basically stepped in to fill most of Zach's role as like the team lead. That's not Tim doing like the creative side. He seemed to be yes. the, 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 the lead producer taking on like the, all oh, the time Andy. management stuff. Andy. Andy. Yes. yes. And yeah, you're, you're right in that like they do. It's one conversation again, because I, I said it when, when I was talking about it, it's not quite everything you could want. There is stuff at the sides yeah. that you're like, oh, like, I really wish. With, with Zach, because they don't show the final like the, the final showdown, like just all of a sudden there's a meeting called and Zach was had gone that morning. But you can with Zach, you can go. I know exactly why he's not there anymore. You can but see the pattern this, of behavior, yeah. Yeah, but with this guy, it felt like very rug pull that, like, I didn't, I could see him being frustrated, but, like, I couldn't see how it was especially frustrating relative to the position he was in and the time they had left. I, I didn't see him necessarily leaving right then and there. And, um, 
Yeah, just the fact like they were very eager to not talk about it and they show them having a Zoom call where like Tim is just being really like sniping at him on the Zoom call as he's leaving. And Um, there's that thing which which Tim openly talks about himself where it's like, you never know how much Tim Schafer is joking or being serious. Yeah. And he often like couches something serious in a joke so that people don't like take him seriously. So he can do that. He can be like, you betrayed me and I hate you. Yeah, he says it in a joking way, but there's a little bit of him that's like, you betrayed me and I hate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and Andy clearly is like, uh, you know, I know you're joking, but I also know you mean it. Yeah. It's, it's, there's some fascinating relationships. Yeah, that's the, cause that's like, I don't know, less than a year before the launch of the game. It's like yeah. late 2020. That's isn't like, it? They're, yeah, they're already, they've been in lockdown for a while. And he, he's the lead producer. He's the guy guiding the ship home. And then he leaves. And then, yeah, there's a very, and like they do acknowledge that, like, as I said, there's that one on camera interview where it's like, oh, I had a knockdown drag out with Tim and now I'm yeah. gone. And you, you don't like, know the contents. You don't know what was said, but T- Tim, like, God bless him. Like, you know, Tim has to be like, like, have these weird flights of fancy or he's not Tim Schafer but some of the weird flights of fancy put these people under incredible stress like when he randomly decides to change things when they have no time left to change things or the the ultimate one was when Zach left and he obviously because he enjoyed just being the writer and not having the pressure he didn't want to step in as project lead and psychonaut so he's like what if we don't have a project lead <laughs> And they didn't have one for like a good year afterwards yeah. until he was finally like, all right. Yeah, like like T- Tim doesn't come out unscathed. Like you, no. you do see it's like he he is like he's the studio head, so anything that happens is ultimately on his watch, no matter yeah. what. Yeah. But you, you do see like his management style, and it's the interesting like like, like split of like they like most of the staff are there for Tim Schaefer. Yeah. Like most he- of the staff believe in him, believe in his vision, believe in his culture, but also his that vision, that culture, that person causes them problems, which yes. He is like, he is one of the, like, the great creatives in the history of video games. And he has great philosophies on what video game development and and what video games should be and things like that. But he is not equipped with the tools to uh, execute his own vision of his company. Like, he needs that other person there. Um, and like, yeah, which is ultimately like there's self awareness there. That's the reason he, he like you can say, oh, he was trying to abdicate responsibility by bringing in Zach. But I think there was also a little bit of like self awareness that like yeah. my, he says it like my projects are chaotic and out of control, yeah. so we need because, somebody like, to raise. Pretty me much in. this entire cycle is what happened on Psychonauts One to the point where like it becomes a running joke. It's like we tried so hard to avoid what happened on Psychonauts One that we did it again. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 the best video game like serious video game documentary series of all time. Like I, I obviously King of Kong, a festival of quarters is the, the greatest uh, piece of theater based around video games of all time. But if you're looking for a documentary about actually how video games are made, this is, there's nothing that has ever been close. Look, you can um, put the qualifier. It's the best video game documentary that doesn't have Billy Mitchell. Yeah. And I will accept that. And look, you know, knowing Doubles Finds offices and the amount of crap that's around there, I, I would not be surprised if there was a framed Billy Mitchell photo in the background of one scene. One can only um, hope. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely brilliant. Uh, let's move on to Jack. Um, you watched a bear do a few bumps. Yeah, I mean, more than a few bumps. This bear was 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 quite the fiend, linking like Al Pacino at the end of Scarface uh, levels of cocaine. Uh, yes, I saw Cocaine Bear. Um, 
Fact number one that I love about Cocaine Bear, it's directed by Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks. Banks. Yeah. <laughs> I can only assume because she saw the script and was like, they're making this movie, right? And people are like, nah. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking making this movie. Um, I don't, because I don't know how many dire- movies that she's directed before. I don't really think too many. She directed one of the Pitch Perfect movies. Did I she? Don't, I don't know if she directed anything else though. A natural transition, then. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, no, she didn't. She produced. Oh no, she directed the second one and produced the third one. Yeah. So that seems like kind of her baby. Oh, she did that Charlie's Angels reboot as well. Oh, Man dear. alive. Oh, Elizabeth. What are you doing? You know, I watched that and I don't remember a single thing about it. I had forgotten that it happened until you exactly. Just said it. And I saw it. <laughs> I don't remember anything about it. Uh, which is a shame because, like, Kristen Stewart, like, she, she's a great actress. You expect her to. Oh man. Okay. Anyway, so Cocaine Bear, um, just from minute one, is absolute chaos. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure from when the title sequence comes up and it says Cocaine Bear, you kind of oh, you <laughs> like know, you know what set. you're in for at that point, yeah. right? <laughs> you're like, Please well, tell me it says Cocaine Bear and then like the particles of the title disappear and there's like the sound of a bear huffing up the lines. You, you see, the, the bear's not even that much of a huffer, Dave. The bear's oh. more of a, just a straight-up consumer of this cocaine. <laughs> um, but the, you know, the very like, you, you do your cocaine however you want. <laughs> exactly. The very first thing that you see uh, is a man on an aeroplane. Um, he was actually a real, um, like, basic drug smuggler like is based on a real drug smuggler um and he's kind of in prepare preparing to drop some some cocaine in in a couple of bags clearly into like a pre-arranged location somewhere in america uh and as he's about to chuck it out of the plane he slips over he donks his head and he falls out of the plane and so does the cocaine in the middle of a national park in america right smash cut the next thing we see is a uh, Christopher Hiju or um, Torment Giant Spain, as many people may know him, and his sort of young, um, like preppy Icelandic girlfriend, and they're on a hike, uh, and they're they're very excited, and then they see a bear, and the bear is acting really weird, and it's like rubbing itself against a tree, and then the bear starts headbutting the tree aggressively, and then the next thing you know, there are limbs flying everywhere. Now. This is probably the goriest movie I've seen in quite some time. Like, they don't really hold back on any elements of showing you just bears ripping people to pieces and just genuinely really horrific things happening to the actors and actresses in this movie. There are some proper gnarly kills in this movie. So if anyone is, like, even the least bit squeamish, don't go and see this movie because there's some pretty grotesque body horror things that happen to the people in the movie. Um, and it's just one of those things where it felt like the picture perfect homage to like the eighties kind of teen, um, set in a sort of summer camp, uh, like woodland environment slasher movie, except in this case, the slasher was a bear on cocaine, 
I, I can't stress this enough, lads. That bear does a lot of cocaine in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you are seeing this bear go fucking full hog. It's, uh, but it's, it's a comedy horror, right? That's, that's what I've seen it labelled as. It is, it is a comedy. I don't know if I describe it as a horror because... The, oh, I mean, horror in the, the body horror sense, though. Yeah, the, the gore sense, yes. But, like, it's not like the... It's not like Jaws, right? Where, you know, you've got, like, this this persistent threat of a shark, but it's more to do with, like, the little glimpses that you get of the shark. You know, you get, pe- pe- like, little pieces and bits of information or flashes, and, you know, like, the shark is kind of mysterious. Like, you see this bear from minute one ripping off someone's arm piece and just discarding it. <laughs> so you're like, okay, right, yeah, cocaine bear, I get it, I get it. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's right in there. It has, like I say, that very 80s kind of feel to it, um, but kind of for a, for a you know more like modern lens like the the film is shot i must say for a for a film about a cocaine bear and, and thumbs up to elizabeth <laughs> in banks all, in all the films you've watched about cocaine bears yeah i mean this one is definitely the best in terms of the way it's shot um she captures the environment i think rather beautifully um and it's yeah it, i mean it, go on is, is the bear fully CGI or like any it points? It is, you- yeah. It's a CGI yeah, okay. bear. It's a CGI bear. There might be a few scenes where they kind of use a real um, like bear. a prosthetic bear or like a, <laughs> yeah, a real cocaine bear. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the bear. Yeah, the, the the CGI on the bear is fake, but the cocaine is real. Um, so yeah, that's what I've heard anyway. Just like Elizabeth but, Banks. But off it, her is is it good though? That's the thing. Is it a good film? I mean, it's just. To describe it as just simply good is probably a bit of an undercut. Um, also, like, one of the weirdest elements, I thought, like, like one of the first characters you see in the movie is Ray Liotta. I was like, oh, my God, this is like I one of... his last film, I think, isn't it? Yeah. No, there's there's a couple, there's a couple of other films that, um, that he's finished that haven't come out yet. But I just love the idea that I'm just looking into the eyes of, like, this great actor. And I'm like, one of the last things this guy did before he died was cocaine bear. Look, this is a man who has done films and cocaine has been involved in the past. So, Look, you know... Jack, if I could choose a way to go out, I mean... Starring in Cocaine Bear would be high. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what's high, Dave. The bear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on cocaine. <laughs> on cocaine. Cocaine, I believe it's pronounced. Cocaine. Yes. Yeah. Um, look, fucking Clay Davis from The Wire is in it. And as you can imagine, he's having a fucking terrible day trying to fend off this cocaine bear. Uh, does, he, stranded. Does, he, does he say shit to the bear at any stage? <laughs> there is a shit, but it's not a, like a shit. Like, oh. um, but yeah, he is. Did- he's fantastic. Um, I really love O'Shea Jackson Jr. Uh, I think he's one of the most likable everyman actors. I, I Whenever I see him in a movie, he just immediately makes me feel kind of like at home and happy. I think he's a he's an underrated performer and I would like to see him in more stuff. Mm. Um, and he can smile, like unlike his old man, whose uh, entire business is mean mugging. Um, Alden Ehrenreich is in the movie. He was also very, very good in it. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I just, I mean, it's it's cool, lads, it's a cocaine bear movie. Like, I mean, there's no real description needed. <laughs> Dave's watching it tomorrow. It's fucking Ron Seal, like it does what it says in the tin. Like, if you want to see a movie about a bear on cocaine, this Make is definitely, this <laughs> definitely the one thing. If you're going to see one cocaine bear movie this season, make it cocaine bear. 
exactly. Uh, I can't even stress to you, I mean, how much fucking cocaine this bear does. Uh, it's a lot of cocaine. Anyway, uh, yeah, so great movie, just absurd. To say it's good or bad really just leaves those sort of adjectives kind of in the dust or the haze wet powder um because this movie is cocaine bear mark that's the answer to your question um what is it is it good is it bad no it's cocaine bear there you go enough enough is said so if you just imagine a movie about a cocaine bear yeah you got that in your head it's this movie, but with a bit more gore than that, probably. There you what go. Is it, what does this like lead up to next? Then is like heroin deer, the heroin Meth heron, <laughs> heron, heron. Yeah. I was gonna go heroin badger. Like that would freak me the fuck out. <laughs> Those shits are demented enough already. Imagine oh, no. heroin. It's right there in front of us, Jack. Crack fox. Crack fox. <laughs> yeah, the movie. I mean, yeah, he's a, give a bit of money to Julian Barry. He's not doing much these days, is he? Yeah, no. He was in that Bloods, is it, on, on, on Sky? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I give this, out of five stars, Cocaine Bear. <laughs> a truly accurate review. Um, Gareth, what about you? I've been so- back on my Ryan Johnson nonsense. Because yeah. now, instead of making whodunits, he's done the other way around. I don't remember what the name of the genre is where you find out who whodunits are. The they did it? Is that actually it? <laughs> I don't know. It should be. It should be. Where this guy did it. It's the Columbo format now where he's making this TV show at Peacock, I think, which is definitely where I watched it. Um, where you find out immediately who does it, and then the entire episode is watching Charlie, the lead. And you, if you, well, actually, you kind of know who does it and how they did it at the very start. And the entire point of the show is just watching her find out. So it, it's a, a kind of classic, you know, crime detective show. She comes into a town. There's a murder. She solves the murder. She leaves. She goes to another town because the first the, the first entire episode is about her. She has this entire backstory where she's now on the run from like uh, a Vegas mob boss kind of guy. So she can't stay anywhere for very long. So every episode you see her, she's like she works at a, an arcade. She works in a retirement home. She she's getting these odd jobs, and in those odd jobs, murder follows her everywhere. Which it's the Midsummer Murders thing. It's like. That town has a very high crime rate. It's like you'd ask yourself the question: Is she causing these crimes? As opposed to that, I, it's, a, it's a really enjoyable. It has a tremendous uh, central performance uh, from uh, Natasha Leone, who plays Charlie Kale. Oh, who, she's so great! I love Natasha Leone. She's really good in this, and like the the show has a bit of a gimmick where like her thing is that she can detect lies. She is a human lie detector. So anytime somebody lies to her, she instinctively understands whether it's bullshit or not, which I think creates a really interesting writing problem where you have to like comb over every single aspect of each script to discover whether or not it's like, oh, actually that person told a lie to her there. So we have to change that. Or so it's like, it's kind of interesting to watch them work that out in real time in all these episodes of like, how do they dance around the fact that like, it kind of kills the premise of a, a crime detective show when your lead detective can know whether everybody is lying. <laughs> so mm. you just watch the work around that in, in like really smart, interesting ways. And it's just like full of guest stars, top to bottom. It is full of people where you go, oh, that guy from from like bigger stars like Nick Nolte or Joseph Gordon-Levitt to like just 
uh, TV favorites like Tim Blake Nelson and all people like every episode you'll have oh I love that guy and all of them because every episode is like a, a self-contained uh, its own little story and then she has a little arc running through them so she stumbles across all these worlds and they solve themselves the thing that I, I think is most interesting about it like most of the episodes are like 45 minutes to an hour and the first act of every episode, you don't meet Charlie. She's off doing something else. The first act is entirely set in the world that she'll be in for this episode. So often you can go like 20, 25 minutes before the main character of the show actually shows up. Like you spend a ton of time with the characters in each episode and the world in each episode. So that I think it, it's a big problem when you sit down and watch a CSI where like that shows about Gil Grissom solving crimes. Who gives yeah. a shit who's there that week? There's some episodes where you, you get good episodes where you get like a decent villain but for the most part it's like they did a crime they solve it whereas like this show because it, it can often like do like i think one of the episodes legitimately half the episode is without the main character being in it so they, they because they spend so much time in the, the world of that particular episode with the characters you're supposed to invest in in the, that episode and you kind of do it, it it does a good job of making you care about these criminals these people their stories their little world it, it has some of the ryan johnsonisms there's a bunch of like <laughs> the thing i was talking about with knives out where he's just or the other one glass onion where there's a knife that has it too whereas a bunch of like you know, the, one of the episodes is built around a, a right-wing radio station. <laughs> it's like, dude, we get it. You've been on the internet for the last five years, and you put it in every single thing you make now. And <laughs> it's really annoying. So there's some of that, but I, I'm really enjoying this. It's a really great performance from Natasha Leone, and it's typical because it, it's basically an anthology show. Basically, she shows up with a different cast of characters every single week. Your mileage will vary on every episode, but there are some real good episodes, and I, I kind of like that they have a, a through line coming from the first episode presumably to the last one there's nine of 11 out at the moment i've watched eight of them uh really good if, if you like glass onion if you like knives out if you like any kind of whodunit or any kind of murder mystery this will be very much right up your boat excellent as a noted murder she wrote fan i will be uh i'll be rushing to watch this yeah, the, the big influence, I think, is Columbo. If you, if you like Columbo, oh, this, this will be right up your I street. Di- I did love Columbo. Mm. I did love Columbo. I'd, I'd, like, I'd, I'd watch any of those. Like, I watched a lot of Quincy growing up. We've been I talking about Criminal of, Minds for two months. So. Yeah, I watched, uh, God, what else? Yeah, Columbo, Murder, She Wrote, Midsummer Murders, A Touch mm. of Frost, Inspector Morse. Watch any Touch of Paradise? Off. Uh, Touch of Cloth. <laughs> I never watched any Trouble in Paradise. The, the Arlo, um, anytime I see that show on TV and Ardlo Hanlon's being like seriously solving murders, I can't yeah. help but laugh. Obviously a notable fan of Diagnosis Murder as well. Mm. Um, just great. Any mid-afternoon murder mystery slop I was having. Um, Mark, what have you been watching? Uh, I watched the Die Hard trilogy. Oh um, yes. Obviously the only Die Hard films that exist. Um... Yeah, I'm. I'm no, four through, is good. I'm sorry, but four is good. I mean, I haven't watched it. You got in you, this this run, got, but I will get to it at some point. All the all the fantastic showing up. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm going through a kick of just watching like a bunch of films that I've not watched in ages. Uh, with this, like, okay, you know, I'm I'm in my thirties now. I have a, a new way that I look at films. I might have a fresh perspective on on these films, and. I haven't seen Die Hard 2 specifically in forever. Um, I feel like I've only seen that once or twice while one and three, three in particular, I feel 
like got reruns on ITV a lot when I was younger. I feel like I've seen that one the most of them. Um, there's no, I think, obviously, uh, I watched this in the order of three, one, two, as you would. Why? Um, yeah, I just, yeah. I don't know. Well, okay, just here's Gar- the thing. Garrett, this is what Mark does. <laughs> this is okay. what he does. Here's the thing, right? And I, I realize I'm I'm the one. I am the only yeah. person. But yep. I, I prefer Vengeance to Die Hard 1. And I'm talking by fractions here. Just- by fractions. All right. You you could have stopped. You know what I was outraged at you just for watching them in the wrong order. You 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 like could have stopped digging the hole deeper right there. No no. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Wait for it. Just just just. I acknowledge that Die Hard the original is is the better film in the same way that Ocarina of Time is the better Zelda game. But I prefer Majora's Mask and Vengeance. The reasons here's the thing with Vengeance. I just I really like the interplay between Samuel Jackson and Bruce Willis. I think those two are phenomenal throughout in in that film. I also think that what makes Die Hard and Die Hard with a Vengeance work and what makes Die Hard 2 fail, on, and there's a number of reasons why, is that it's not just about John McClane. There are all of these other characters as, as well that are you know involved in, in these films. And the biggest problem with Die Hard 2 is basically everyone that isn't John McClane is insufferable or incompetent, or you can tell the twist that they're actually a bad guy from the moment they appear on the screen. And like with Vengeance, everyone in that film, good guy or bad guy, they're all like competent and smart and like you don't want to strangle them on the screen because they're an idiot. Die Hard, the original does have that issue. Both the FBI agents, uh, Paul Gleason's character, um, William uh, Atherton, who is pretty much doing the same thing that he did in Ghostbusters, and admittedly he does it very well. They're annoying to the degree that it does work. It, it makes sense with the plot, but just I find the vengeance just because it skips all of that and just gets there. Here's a really competent bad guy. Here's a bunch of competent good guys. Just go with that. I just find it more enjoyable to to watch. I, I again, I, I'm the one person, but. You know, I'm not saying that Die Hard is a bad film because it's an excellent film. And certainly watching it on this rerun, like, I love the way that this film is shot. I, I, I love the way that one and three are shot. And not to, to, you know, put more dirt on the grave that we did for Ant-Man over the last two weeks. But you watch these films and like the use of practical effects and miniature effects. And obviously, you know, like some of the green screen shots are a bit dodgy and whatnot but just watching these films and like the way that the fact that the original Die Hard was shot in a tower and you know you're not having to deal with trickier around like bit shooting stuff in a studio it lends itself to the the kind of claustrophobia that you would get from being chased around a tower by a bunch of uh German terrorists um and like just some of the way that like the camera shoots across and just the, the, the color tone and, and just, it just looks so good. It Even for a film from 1988 or 89, it still looks so good even to this day. Um, and you know, just the, the way that like John McClane, just, he gets battered throughout these films and it, you know, that's kind of part of the charm of these films, obviously is that from the, the kind of super macho, uh, sort of Arnie and Sly films of the mid '80s to a guy who's just an everyday cop. Um, it, yeah, th- these films work so well, and 
Die Hard 2 just has a boring ass villain and a boring ass location and you know it, it has its moments but oh boy you just just go from one to three you know if you've never seen them before you, you can just skip two and you don't miss anything I just I'm still sorry taken aback by the really yeah I just I, don't I think I think I heard him say Alan Rickman was a bad actor in there I think that's something okay. oh my Jesus say. Christ <laughs> Mark no. why would you say no. that Alan Rickman is is tremendous uh, yeah. like this this goes without saying but are you is, saying you prefer Simon to Alan is that what I mean look look Jeremy Irons and and Alan Rickman are two two sides of the same coin when it comes to like their characters and performances in these films uh you know I think they're perfect um uh, I just I don't know like just the bit where they're driving around the the car uh, the the park in in Vengeance and Samuel Jackson's like Are you trying to hit that guy he's like no well that mime yeah I was trying to hit him it's just great it's great writing it's funny it's good quips more good quips more funny quips again please in our film in our films because of course Die Hard one famously bereft of quips. <laughs> See, here's the thing, right? Here's here's the thing. When I say I like one thing over another, you take it to mean that I think the the thing I I prefer. That's what you said. You said Die Hard Hard One is worse than Hitler. I heard you. We all heard you. Yeah, yeah. Roll back the tape. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why would you say that, Mark? I have a rubber here, and I'm going to throw it at the screen. <laughs> Try to erase Die Hard One. Is that why you're? Gonna... <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm going to go through the Batman films now, and I'm going to come here in a couple of oh, weeks. Oh God, the takes you're going to have. Oh, I'm. I'm going to come here and tell you, you know the what, Batman guys? Robin is I, the best. Dark Knight Rises is the best Nolan movie. <laughs> no, I don't, trust me. I don't need a rewatch to know that that's absurdly not true. Um, yeah, I shall hold my. But I do like Batman <laughs> Forever. All right. Yeah, you want to say bad things about those Tim Burton movies? I'll be so mad. Damn it! That's the quote I was trying to get out. I I got halfway through the original Batman today, and then I had to stop to do other things. And I saw your tweet that you've never seen that movie. I'd never. Yep, I've never seen the original Batman. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. the thing with it, right? Is I, I the, think it's because, like, I've gotten to the point where, like, I I've come to accept that I'll hear you say that a lot for TV shows because I know the whole you don't really watch TV shows. Well, until relatively recently, it was a thing that you didn't watch a lot of the most popular TV shows of all time. But I didn't attribute you to have like blind spots like that with movies as much. Oh, for, oh so everyone has got blind spots with films. Everyone has blind spots with films. Oh, no, everybody are. does, but I, I didn't expect that to be one. Especially, yeah, especially like your age is like you—you you would yeah. been in the prime youth age for that Batman movie. Well, in yeah. fairness, I think I that that year came out like I think I was one, so I was yeah. like, quiet. It, 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 it would have been repeated on television yeah, all yeah, through. True, your childhood. but yeah, this yeah. is the thing. That's the thing. I, for some reason, I I was never in the right slot to watch it. Like Batman Returns, I saw a bunch on on television for I sure. That was too. the first Batman film I saw. <laughs> again, again, keeping up the gimmick of seeing the sequels before the original. Just, what we do? What it's we such do. a strong brand you've got. Um, yeah, the thing with that original Batman is you can see in some places where the film has aged. Though I do think, like, I, any film that has, like, matte paintings all automatically will hit four stars for me because there's just something about the charm of them. And it's one of the reasons I, I will happily watch, like, the, the, the original Star Wars trilogy because the way they use those matte paintings, just there's a, there's a real charm and magic to using those. The same with, like, miniature effects as well. Like, the, the, the original Batman has a couple of, like, so painfully obvious, oh, yeah, we're using miniatures here. 
Uh, and even like Goldeneye a couple of weeks ago, I watched that and the bit where the the satellite dish is uh, destroyed in uh, Serbia. It's like, yeah, this is a, it's a miniature, but there is, there is a charm and a magic to that that you can't get with CGI effects. Let me tell um, you about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like miniatures, you're not yeah. going to enjoy those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's... The thing with that original Batman is it it just it feels like a comic book film, which feels obvious to say, but we're at a point now where a lot of comic book films right. are an adaptation, but they don't feel like a comic book film. I, they just feel like a you know I don't know. I like I think in some ways it feels the least like a Batman comic of all of them. Well, I know that the source material is butchered in a lot of ways and yeah. does, you know, it, it takes a lot of leverage with the source material. I think my biggest issue with it, honestly, so far is Jack Nicholson feels a bit stiff as the Joker for me. What? He does, honestly. (laughs) He feels just a bit stiff. Who's he going to upset next? And Garrett, maybe it's just because I'm coming. Movies look, go for that look, maybe I'm just coming to it because I've seen other versions of the Joker, and so this is one Jared version Lowe, yeah. of him that I've not seen. Yeah, naturally, of course. <laughs> But I don't know, just feels like a guy who's just here not taking this seriously because it's a comic book film. (laughs) It does. It does. That's how I see it. I mean, I I don't know. I haven't finished the film. All right. So let me let me finish the film and I'll come back to you next week and bury it some more, I guess. Come rocks. He's genuinely beside himself. Batman and Robin, original Batman. Oh, Listen, I love God. Batman. I'm one of the preeminent Batman and Robin defenders, but no one could have that take. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't hate Batman and Robin. It's, it's not a broad church. I don't imagine you have to fight too many people off for that <laughs> distinction. No, but like, I, I'm a that film is actually good kind of person, but I will yeah. never say it's better than those first two uh, Tim Burton movies. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like, and this is not me, this is just, I feel like the common consensus is that Batman Returns is like seen as it's a bit wonky and that Tim... Tim kind of went too far into being Tim Burton with that film. Like, certainly if you think about the, the set design of it. Um, I guess if you so hire Tim, Tim Burton, Burton, you get Tim Burton, right? Yeah, yeah sure do. I watched that and film a few sure years do. ago, and I would have always been like, the first Tim Burton film is better. And then I watched that film, and like, I, I won't spoil it because you're about to watch it. You probably don't remember the end of Batman <laughs> Returns. But the no, end no, of I, that I film remember Batman Returns. I is, do. is like surprisingly poignant for a moment that is objectively extraordinarily so when he's carried away by penguins it's like yeah, that, it's, that is a surprisingly emotionally powerful moment for what is on the surface one of the dumbest ridiculous. visuals you'll ever see in your life yeah hey but uh, michelle pfeiffer as catwoman definitely my first crush by sure hey, hey, hey garrett my uh, my uncle was carried away by penguins so uh, that's, yeah. that touches a soft spot personally for me. um jack before we move on to video games do you want to take this opportunity to say the best tim burton fact this agent's called Bumble Ward. <laughs> Bumble Ward? What kind of a person is named that? Oh, anyway. And it's this kind of mental connection that let me know exactly what you were going to do for that money playing question a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Garrett, um, let's talk video games. Uh, I'm privileged to be here for the return of Garrett's Game of the Year of the Week. Motherfucker's yeah. named Bumble. <laughs> 
<laughs> Welcome to I I stand in a JRPG for game of the year, baby. Octopath Traveler Two. It's actually out now, as opposed <laughs> to just the demo. And listen, it's not going to be a Xenoblade Chronicles Three level me pushing it game of the year, but this game's real good. It's just a real good JRPG, and it's not like doing anything special. It's not reinventing the wheels. It's only like iterating on the first Octopath Traveler with a few new systems. It plays a little better. It looks a little better. Sounds a little better. It does everything that game does, just a little bit better. Has like more mature stories, even though Octopath One had some pretty darn good stories. Uh, I, I covered most of it on the demo, in that like all of the systems, all of the battle stuff, all of the combat, it all just feels really, really good. And like all of the attack animations, all of the sound effects, all of that just comes together to make a a turn-based RPG feel really smooth and snappy and not just like you're picking options from a menu, even though you are in fact just picking options from a menu. Mm. And I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm like 10 hours in. I'm sure it'll be like 50 or 60 in the end because I haven't even gotten all the characters after 10 hours. And there's eight in the game and they all have three chapters each. So that kind of gives you an idea of what kind of... It's a slog in a good way <laughs> this game can potentially be, but I'm enjoying Octopath Traveler 2 an awful lot. It's basically all I've been playing for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I think this is one I'm going to get in on. I, I enjoyed the first one, and obviously, Live Alive, mm. huge fan. HD2D, and you're going to get my interest. Um, oh, it is, yeah. it is one of those games where it's just like the combination of the HD2D visuals and the just tremendous soundtrack. You will just stand still on a bunch of maps. It's just like, I'm just going to take this in for a little bit. Does it have like Live Alive where it's like really good HD2D and then has like unreasonably good looking water? It does have some real, because a big thing in this game is that you can now, you have a little boat and you can go on the water and you can sail around a little bit. And it, like it, it, it's basically you can just go like find secrets and items in the water, but it's mm. yeah, the water does look very good. This game looks very good. They should make these until it? they die. Are you playing it uh, handheld or docked or a bit of both? Mostly handheld on Switch. Like, like, uh-huh. I, like I, I, there's something very comfy about JRPGs in handheld mode. It's, mm-hmm. it's just the way those are, those games are meant to be played. This is on PS4 and PS5, by the way, as well. I, I didn't know yeah, it's on everything. Until yeah. it came out, it was like, oh, this is out on Wardens because Nintendo had the marketing. So I guess that's that's that, that's yeah, how that works. That's, that's why they well. get these it's on, it's on Steam, yeah, yeah. So the, it's on Game is, Pass. It's not on Game Pass. Oh. Uh, <laughs> if it was, uh, I would typically still pay for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you can go play. Like I'm playing on handheld, and it looks great. Because uh, it's it's an HD 2D game. It's not stressing the switch to its absolute max, but it does sure. look look absolutely phenomenal. Great game. Really enjoying it. Um, I will I will take next. Um, just a couple of updates. Uh, I am back on my Elden Ring bullshit. Hell yeah! Let's do thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Jesus. <laughs> uh, I was worried because I had taken a good bit of time off over January and February not playing yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's an excessive amount of time to not be playing Elden Ring. You know what, though? I got back up to speed a lot quicker than I expected. Um, I think the main thing, it's not quite like you forget how to play the game. I think the thing you forget is the patience you need. Mm. Um, and I think like when you haven't played for a while, the things that the thing that happens is you get instinctively greedier with enemies and you stay yeah. in for one hit longer than you should. And that's always what gets you. Um, I would also imagine like if I had to come off of the back of playing something like Hi-Fi Rush and then back into Elden Ring, yeah. it would not go very well. So like I, I came back and like not one to uh, shirk a challenge. I uh, 
the first thing I did, I'm, I'm still like doing the, I'm going area by area, trying to get every single boss in the game um, and clear them out. And this is like, also, I'm aware that like the next in the line of the demigods to face is Scar- Star Scourge Radan. So I'm kind of just like, or I'm beefing myself out and I'm getting kind of like, I don't want that to be my first, like the run towards Radan to be my, my first thing back in the game. So I'm like, right back on this whole boss rushing thing. Um, so I'm, I'm clearing out like North Western Liernia. Um, so the first two things I fought were a dragon, um, and one of the crystalline duo bosses where there's like one with a, it's like one. a sickle, isn't it? One with like a ring. Sort uh, of thing. There's multiple crystalline duos in the game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Um, so this one, there was the combo of uh, the spear and the staff, I think. So uh, one of them is casting spells. So like it's basically they are both uh, the one of them is you have to get up real close and one of them you have to stay real far. Um, and yeah, I absolutely made mincemeat out of those two fuckers really easily. Um, but the dragon was, a, like, I think the dragon was much more of a, I need to remember to be patient and I need to remember to learn attacks and stuff like that. And kind of once I took a couple of runs at it, dying and remembering which way to run and what to do for each individual. Like, the dragon's really... um and Gareth, you correct me if I'm wrong here, they really, dragons, like, there's about three attacks that all the dragons seem to have in the game in common. And then, like, each type of dragon then might have one thing it does slightly differently. So you can, if you can beat one dragon, you can beat most of them. Pretty much. Um, Some of them might be more aggressive, and some of them have more health. But, like, the attack that'll get you is the one where they, they go in the air and they, like, just, breathe fire like dragons tend yeah. to do and that, I, I, that will mess you up pretty quickly but the rest of them you can kind of dodge pretty you get on because yeah. it's a classic souls thing where like honestly the bigger the enemy is usually yeah. the easier it is to actually kill because you can get in around its feet and just it, mess it up yeah, I, I feel like an enemy an enemy of that size it's, it's kind of hard to diversify them enough because they're so big that you just hit just in terms of yeah that's pretty it, much it that's it, how most of those yeah. uh fights go it also runs counterintuitive slightly to other bosses in as much as like other bosses usually it's a safe bet to hit them in the arse a lot (laughs) yeah whereas like again if you go to hit them in the arse or even if you go to do like Garrett was saying if you go to hit at their feet they a few of them do have that attack where if you're too close to them you won't see the tell and they'll do the spin attack and that could be that could be a one shot um so what I learned from a guide is there is a particular attack they do, like a charging attack where afterwards they will stay still and you can get a crit in on their head. Um, Cause that's what I'm saying. The actual easiest way, if you can tie, if you can get your timing down, the easiest way to fight a dragon is just to do headshots. Um, just to strike its head when you get those chances in between attacks and you will like eat away at that health bar really quickly and once I started practicing that I was like I, I made short work of that dude um, so that's really cool um, I've ne- I've cleared out about two thirds of the bosses in Liernia, um, all the ones in Limgrave so now I'm about 46 or 47 of the 300 bosses in the game have been killed 
We're going to come um, back to you every couple of weeks with this, aren't you? Aren't we? When I when I'm in, yeah, when I'm in and out, like I won't take too yeah. long, but I can give like just a what's the boss count at the moment. Um, <laughs> Should I do that with my freelancer mastery as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we're going on to next. But yeah, I am determined to like. If I, I always said like if I'm ever going to commit to one of these games, I'm going to like do it properly, like clear that fucker out. Um. And it'll be funny because the expansion is definitely going to... The expansion was announced this week and it's definitely going to come out and just add more shit to the game before I've even done the base stuff, but... Do you, hey. do you have any interest in that uh, that Team Ninja Souls-like that just came out? I think it's today. I think oh, it, it came out. Just... It's on Game Pass, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, I'll have a go of it. Which one sure. is that? Is that the Wulong one? Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah. That's out? It, Yes, that today. Is out it came today. out today yeah. on Game Pass. Oh, on Game Pass. Yeah. I, I, the thing is that... There, there are games that are coming out now on Game Pass, and I generally do not remember or do not know if they were announced beforehand, if they were coming to Game Pass, or just yeah. on the day. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, Game Pass. I guess what? Yeah. 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 Um, look forward to Gareth coming back to saying he got it on PlayStation next week after we <laughs> telling him. <laughs> Isn't there like a fun thing that, that Team Ninja is making like a, like a Chinese Souls for Microsoft and like a Japanese Souls for Sony or something like that. They're making like a Souls game for both of them that's exclusive, huh. but they're like set in different genres or different regions. It was something like that. I can't remember I, what the name of the other one is. And they I made Neo as well. Like Neo, Neo was Team Ninja as well, wasn't it? Yeah. I, yeah, I was, was. going to say that regardless of what Wulong is like, it doesn't sound like it will be nearly as like miserably punishing as Sekiro. Mm. Oh, I hate that game. <laughs> as, as a person who actually likes Souls games and like yeah. as, as we talk about the wall, as a person who's climbed the wall, uh, I, I enjoy all those games. I enjoy the experience of those games, but Sekiro is just a mean video game. Look, it's just a mean, we had evil missed, video game. We, we had Mr. Souls on Sean McGee, and he spent a good half an hour lamenting about the misery that is uh, Sekiro. So, Because yeah. as I was saying, you can get big in Souls games. Like you, can just, you can just level up, and you can grind, and you, you can be clumsy and get your way through nearly every boss fight. You can't do that in Sekiro. You have to get good. You have to get actually good at the game. Yeah. Nah. Nah. I don't think I will. Nope, I, just I, get big. I, that, I leave the energy for Cuphead and Cuphead alone, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, uh, that leaves Mark. So, yeah, I've been playing Kirby Return to Dreamland Redux, uh, which, look, it's a fucking 2D Kirby game. Like, I, I don't know what I can say. It's If you've played one of these fucking things, you know what to expect with it. Uh, so, uh, Return to Dreamland is the 2011 Wii game which was originally going to be a GameCube game, got delayed, then got cancelled, apparently, uh, then was announced, and then just dropped in 2011. Um, and this is the remaster that everyone's been clamouring for, apparently. I don't know where this came from, why this is here, but it's here. It's what Nintendo um, do at the end of every Switch cycle. It's just like, unleash the Kirby. <laughs> yeah, we've had like yeah. four Kirby games in the last year, and they just Kirby unload is them. That- Kirby is like the harbinger for the end of the cycle. It is. But you know what? Look, right? Fucking 2D Kirby games, you know what you're in for. And they're just that that solid little 7 out of 10 platformer that, you know, it's a kid's game. You're not going to get the most toughest challenge in the world. But when Kirby jumps into the water and he puts his little goggles on or he, you know, swallows up an enemy and now he can start blasting fireballs out. It's just there is a charm to it. 
I don't know if it's a gimmick specific to this one, but there are certain enemies in the world that are like supercharged versions. So you'll find like the enemy that has the sword, but it's like a supercharged version. version. And uh, Kirby now has like, when he attacks, he has like this giant sword that just like takes up the entire screen and wipes everything out, uh, which, which is good fun. Um, yeah, look. It's it's fun. It's cute. Uh, if if you're you know trying to if you've got a kid that is is playing games for the first time, this is like a perfect version of those sorts of games to get them to play. Uh, and it looks really nice. Like you know, it is a remastered version. It does look very nice. Its uh, presentation is very clean. It's again, it's a fucking Kirby game. Like Nintendo, how know what they're doing with these things at this point? So um, it's here. And yeah, as you mentioned, we've had what? So we had. Uh, the the one we play the, the problem with these Kirby games it's impossible to remember what the fuck they're called because they have just completely like nondescript fantasy being names in their titles but we had the one that we liked last year Forgotten the 3D Land. one Forgotten Land Mouthful Mode that's what we call that um, there's the the Battle Royale thing that came out like not too long after the sort of Fall Guys equivalent sort of thing yeah the one um, where you're eating food and chasing each other which I played yeah. for like 10 minutes pretty good which is I probably all you need for that fucking thing. It's a nice little um, thing they made. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's it's a it's a fun little gimmick, but you know, past that. Um, and then, oh, was there anything else, or is it just this now? There or was another one like else? Super Clash or something. There, there's always they, like they always churn out small little Kirby games, which is what I kind of like about Kirby. It's like they, you have your 2D Kirby games, and then you have your like here's a little fifteen twenty dollar Kirby thing we came up with. Go for it. And yeah. they, they usually release two or three of those per con- uh, console cycle as well. It really is. Like, it's the harbinger. It's the, the the death rattle of the switch is Kirby. He, he arrives and he does his like dance, and the switch dies. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what happens. Um, it is nice though. We are getting at like a run of good looking switch games after I think a year of not so good looking. And it, partially it's because they're not the most super ambitious games in the world. But this year, like Fire Emblem, Octopath, Kirby, and Metroid Prime are all like they're good looking yeah. games. Well, they should just nice. keep remastering GameCube and Wii games. That's apparently what's uh, going to work. Because, yeah, because the other thing I've been playing is, is the Metroid Prime remastered version. And you, you spoke a bunch about it a couple of weeks ago, Garrett. So there's not much more I can say. Um, I'm through most of the the first uh, Chorizo Ruins area. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, just a game that immediately, like, sets a kind of tone and an atmosphere about it. Um that even for a game that's like 20 years old, and obviously, you know, this being remastered, it looks a lot nicer, but just just sets an incredible kind of level of, of atmosphere from the get-go. Um, and there's all these little touches, like the way that, you know, if you come up to a wall and you, you hit something and you get that kind of quick reflection of light and you can see Samus in, in the visor in, in the kind of um, reflection, just little bits like that, just, oh, they're, they're just all these little touches to this game that are incredible. And, you know, it... it it plays like a Metroid game. You know, you go to the area, there's a bunch of places you can't go to, so you have to go off and find whatever else and then come back. Um, but it's all in a self-contained area, so, you know, you can't really get lost. It took me a while to get adjusted to using a 3D map, um, and the controls for it are a bit unwieldy. I, I didn't look to see if there's a way to switch the controls around, but, like, for all of the, the great work the game does in terms of porting this to, you know, a modern control setup... The map controls, I, some two hours later, still can't remember which way is to turn it and to push forward and blah, blah, blah. Um, and yeah, like 3D maps that are kind of wireframed are not the easiest thing to navigate. 
I don't uh, think Gabe should have them. I think they always stink. They, they always stink. Even the it, good it, ones are like, it, it would be easier to navigate this in 2D. Yeah, I mean, it helped enough to know that I needed to go from like point A to point B, but it's still not perfect. Uh, and the, the other thing about this game that I forgot, because I haven't played it in forever, this game really wants you to scan everything. Um, well, yeah, that was that was the thing where it's like retro were like, we're making this cool first person shooter. And then like Nintendo popped their heads and it's like, hey, guys, we love this scanning idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you put that in. And what they what what ultimately ended up with is like the, the middle ground of a game where like a lot of the atmosphere and like flavor of the game does come from that scanning where it's like they, they, they do build a full world there because you have to you have both have to and can scan nearly absolutely everything. So I, I do think that's where like the heavy emph- emphasis on world building and atmosphere kind of came from and that like, all right, we're putting this scanning mechanic in the game. So we have to make it at least somewhat worthwhile to scan all this shit. And yeah. it's kind of the happy medium between the cool first person game and then the weird Nintendo game about scanning. But like, I, I lost about half an hour um, because I got stuck because in the, the first area, there's a, a sort of central pillar room that you kind of climb up going around it. And there's a bit where there's these two blocks of sandstone that you can only clear out by um, by this point. You've got the morph ball ability back, and you've got the the uh, like bomb explosion when you're in, in morph ball form. And you know, part of it is on me. I should have realised that. Oh, I've collected this. I'm probably going to have to use this at some point. But I also forgot at this point because I wasn't really scanning um, once I got out of the the kind of prologue area. So I completely forgot about scanning. So I wandered around the entire ruins for about half an hour, forty minutes not knowing where I was meant to go, then at some point I remembered, oh yeah, I, I think I scanned something by accident, and I was like, oh yeah, I can scan shit. Eventually got back into that room, I was able to scan and figure out, oh, right, yeah, this is very simple, I can just use the, the bombs there. Um, so it's like, it's on me, I should have remembered that, oh yes, this game does want you to scan everything. Um, and it's not like, you know, you could have accidentally just stumbled across being able to clear those sandstone using the, the morph ball bombs. Um, but it was it was annoying enough. And surprisingly enough, I don't know if the original does this or it's just the remastered version. But after about half an hour, I got like a, a sort of like an incoming call sort of alert where it basically just went, oh, yeah, the, the source of the, the poison here is coming from this thing over here. And it pointed to the map and said, like, this is where you need to go. And it was basically the game saying, all right, you've been fucking around for half an hour. Clearly, you don't know where you're going here. Here's where you need to go. And I don't know if the original did that or if it's in the new one. And I appreciate, like, you know what? Half an hour is a, is a, is a reasonable time that if the player clearly doesn't know where they're going. I think I someone think would argue all this excessive amount of time. It's like, yeah. listen, you half an hour, he's well. been fucking around for, it's like <laughs> someone on your shoulder. It's like watching you from above. It's like, all right, tell him, just tell him. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know what? I, I can accept that. That's a reasonable amount of time to, to guide me in the right direction. Uh, but yeah, Metroid Prime, funnily enough, really good game. If I was being me, I should have found a way to play the third one first. But here, here we are. Yeah, that's why they didn't release the trilogy, actually, just to sabotage you and your way of playing games. I gotta say, though, honestly, like, because I don't feel like two and three are going to be that much different in terms of the, the kind of core mechanics and whatnot. And I don't know if I'd want to sit through a trilogy of those games in, in short order. I feel like that would be a bit excessive. Yeah, assuming, um, like, four has to be out next year, right? Like, my, my theory <laughs> is... <laughs> uh, 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 Gary, you're funny. We're still, we're, we're like four years since it was rebooted. And then, like, six since it was announced. So, 
but like my thing, I think I still think it'll be a, a cross-gen game. It'll be a, a Switch to launch game and a Switch game. I think it'll be the Breath of the Wild the launch. And you say that, but Metroid is like consistently over the years has been kind of one of the worst selling kind of core Nintendo IPs. So it seems weird that that would be the one. And like, you know, it's, it's how it's I, ended I, up that Tears of the Kingdom is coming now, but it seems like it would be kind of weird for Metroid to be that one. I don't think it will be the only one because I would suspect like Odyssey 2 is launch window. Yeah, and I don't think it'll be strategic. I just think yeah. it'll be by the time it'll they're be, finished that game. Ready. It, it'll be sure. just like the way it happened with Breath of the Wild. It's like they didn't intend that to be to a Switch launch game, but by the no, time that finished, Fair. it's like we're releasing a new console. It should be cross-gen. And I think it'll be the same thing with Metroid Prime 4. By the time that's finished, it's just let's just make it cross-gen. Yeah, I guess I just consider with Zelda just because Twilight Princess did the same thing as well. Um, but no, it's it's a fair point. Um, right. Uh, I guess there's definitely no uh, no other business on this show. Show over. Let's anything. go. We're all going home. <laughs> yeah, we'll all leave. Definitely, there hasn't been a segment burning a hole in someone's pocket for three months. It has been three it's months. Just, honestly, honestly, I had this so perfectly timed out, right? <laughs> and. Uh, then we just apparently just couldn't all get together on it. We got so like burnt out after game of the year. Um, no, we've we just, been working you. We've been doing a rotor <laughs> so that you can't do this. In fairness, I have also been part of that rotor because I took two weeks off as well. Yeah. So, you know, so really it's your fault. It, uh, absolutely. I will take that. But I am here. Yeah. So I, I put together a very, at the time, timely segment uh, that now does seem out of place, but you know it's either. Uh, I hope all the questions are super dated. <laughs> They're not about January. No, um, it's either that or or we wait four years to do it again. But no, we're going to do it now. I've put together a uh, a a five star match game style quiz about the modern era of the World Cup for you three gentlemen. Oh fuck! <laughs> ah, super you just You could just say. I have decided Jack is going to get congratulations for winning something <laughs> hey. and then roll end credits. Dave like Dave's Ryan, quiz Dave two Ryan. weeks ago. Yeah. Dave Ryan, you have more credit in yourself. You have more confidence in yourself. You're a man who knows football. Yes, uh, I do. Yeah, yeah. Just, I, I, I'm, I'm also not, a man who's aware that there may not be a living, breathing soul that knows more about it than Jack. <laughs> well, I we know enough to know out. I'm fucked. We will we will find out. I feel like I've put together some interesting uh, style type formats for these questions here. Okay. So we will uh, we'll jump in to round one. Everyone's got European teams except me. I've got exclusively questions about Algeria. He's, so I should point fucking out, answer them. I've I've seen his notes for these tournaments we do. Fuck it, he'll have them. I I should point out this is going to be exclusively about the modern era of the World Cup. So this is going to go from 1998 to 2018. So nothing before and not the one that just happened. Uh, right, that, like is, that is anti-Irish bias that you've taken out two of the three World Cups we've been <laughs> you, Oh, welcome. Um, for round one, um, for the first round, I will give you four teams from a group in a specific World Cup. You will need to tell me which tournament that particular group was from. The teams will be named in the order that they finish in the group. So they'll go from first, second, third, and fourth. A correct answer is worth one point, and there'll be five questions per, per contestant. Uh, so as an example, if I was to say Germany, Ireland, Cameroon, Saudi Arabia, hopefully you would respond 2002. 2002. That's yeah. 2002, guys. 
Thanks, Garrett. Cheers. What, so, um, what, sorry, what's the date range on this again? It can be from... 1998 to 2018. Is, okay. Is, is, is any one of the questions going to be what day of the week did the Ireland-Cameroon game happen on? Because I have this... I don't know why, but I remember it happened on a Saturday. I, so uh, I, can, the point I can tell right you, now. spoiler, that is not a question I have in this Damn quiz. It. But Dave, you are going first. Fucking brilliant, yeah. All right, so <laughs> your first group. Brazil, Norway, Morocco, Scotland. That's easy. Jack, <laughs> I'm telling you now. No, I'm not having this. I'm not having this, this lad shit talk me. <laughs> I mean, okay, it's like right away. Hit me again. Brazil, Norway, Morocco, Scotland. Um, wasn't this World Cup? Um, well, it doesn't Norway count. Qualify. Haaland got to have a month off. Um, I'm also upset you didn't add 2022 questions, given how long we've been <laughs> waiting for this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's just say 2018 for the fuck of it. No. no, unfortunately, it's 1998. Yeah. Oh, can you? Are you not going to throw the questions to anyone? No, else? no, no, no he's he not. will not. Fucking not, <laughs> Jack, Jack, Jack. There is no need to get your regular level of competitive for a quiz that everybody listening to this and everybody participating in it knows you're going to win. Okay. All right, all right, all right, Garrett, mm. your first one: Sweden, England, Argentina, Nigeria. Oh come on, 2010. That's 2002, I'm afraid. Oh, well. Jack. Yep. Your first one. Paraguay, Slovakia, New Zealand, Italy. Uh, that is 2000 and... Because New Zealand... That's 2010. New Zealand actually drew every game in that group and then released a DVD that said unbeaten. It's like, <laughs> you didn't actually win a fucking game, lads. But you drew, you drew everything and then Mark, you had the audacity. Mark, I just want to draw you back to a more simple time when you said, you know, don't doubt yourself. Jack knows the name of the DVD compilation that New Zealand <laughs> put out after this World Cup. I, I mean, Dave, that's on you for not knowing it. I, right? I, I would have gotten that one because I watched the, the New Zealand Slovakia game in between exams during the leaving cert where I think I did Irish paper two in the morning and then did business paper one in the evening and just that sounds like a wretched day and sat there in between instead of like studying or cramming I watched New Zealand and Slovakia draw and they got an A1 in business so clearly it's the, the best study strategy imaginable so blessed that I did my leaving in 2007 in between a Euros year and a, and a World Cup year I couldn't imagine Dave, back over to you. Switzerland, France, South Korea, Togo. Switzerland, France, South Korea, Togo. Oh, 2006. He is correct. He's on the board for a point. Yes, I had a feeling. That was the pomp of Togo. All right, Garrett Kidney, question two. Colombia, Japan, Senegal, Poland. Well, that one's tough. That's the first one where I'm like, hmm. 2018? Oh, he's on the board as well for a point. Good job. Well done, mate. It was a blind guess. I I didn't achieve anything. (laughs) You achieved a point. Thank you. Jack. Yep. Netherlands, Mexico, Belgium, South Korea. Netherlands, Mexico... 
Belgium, South Korea. That one's tough as well. Netherlands, Netherlands, Mexico. Mexico get through in every World Cup. Belgium out in the groups. Um, I'm gonna have to push you for an answer. Yeah, time out. Yeah. Uh, boo, I, you know what? Boo. I'm gonna go 98 on this one as well. I think that is 98. Correct. Boo. Yeah. Gave him a month to get it right. <laughs> Dave Ryan, question three: Germany, United States, Portugal, Ghana. Ah, uh, you stop it! <laughs> wow, it's like Wild Luigi over here. Wow, <laughs> wow. There'll be no questions about Wario in this. Wow. Very important difference. Wild Luigi is wow. Wario is <laughs> Thank you, Gar. Welcome. Germany, United States, Portugal, Ghana. Think of times Ronaldo would have cried during a World Cup. Was it 2014? It is 2014. Yeah, that's to me, that's what the giveaway was, because that was the group on the way to winning it. I was trying to think, like, I I was ruling out 2002 because they were in our group. I was ruling out 2018 because I remember they had to beat, they had to score that goal against Sweden. Mm. That lovely free kick. Um, yeah, so just narrowing it down. Garrett, Spain, Ukraine, Tunisia, Saudi Arabia. The Spain and Ukraine stays mainly on the plane. Insane oh, in the Spain brain. <laughs> Insane in the brain. Um, we all went places there. We did. Uh, 2014. Unfortunately, that's 2006. Jack. Yep. Mexico, Italy, Croatia, Ecuador. Mexico, Italy, Croatia, Ecuador. Mm. Uh, t- I'll say two thousand and two on this one. You would be correct. Yeah, because um, remember Mexico beat. Croatia in that opening game <laughs> and everyone was like really shocked by it at the time alright we don't so need the life story for each one of these Jack right let's, let's, let's get some it was like, it was like the, you, you invited the wrong man to a quiz <laughs> it was like the last ride of that Sukair Boxic um, like Kovac team you know alright Dave Spain Portugal Morocco Iran Portugal, Morocco, Iran. Is that 2018? That was 2018. Yeah. Correct. That Garrett was a, the, three, the three all, was it? Yep. Yeah. Garrett. Nigeria, Paraguay, Spain, Bulgaria. Hmm. 2010. Unfortunately, that was 1998. Well... Uh, Jack, Colombia, Greece, Ivory Coast, Japan. Oh, blimey. 2014? 
That is correct. Yeah. Do you know how I remember that? I believe that it was Ivory Coast versus Japan was that random 2am game. Do you remember there was one yeah. game that was on like Yeah, I remember luck. <laughs> we, me, me and you talking at the time being like, you know, I love football, but I ain't staying <laughs> up. <laughs> I don't love anything enough. <laughs> 2 a.m. Was it nil-nil as well, that I game? It was, remember. yeah. I think it, was, it broke the streak because wasn't there a goal in every game? Every game, yeah. yeah. All right, Dave, this is your last one for this round. Grand, yeah. Germany, Ghana, Australia, Serbia. Hit me that with that again. Germany, Ghana, Australia, Serbia. Twenty ten. That is twenty ten. Four out of five. Good job. Yeah, because I remember they had they didn't have a great performance against Australia, the Germans, and the English pundits were like, "Ah, this German team aren't up to much." <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who was worse though? England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> All right, Garrett, your last one for we, this round. We drew nil nil with fucking Algeria, yeah, and did. we were cracking on like we were going to beat Germany. All right, Spain, Chile, Switzerland, Honduras. Twenty eighteen. That's twenty ten. Twenty ten. Yeah. Last time Honduras were out, I think. Do you remember our? Uh, do you remember uh, Mark, our housemate Dan? decided he doesn't like football but he was going to super commit to being a Honduras fan without knowing I, honestly <laughs> without I, knowing I can respect a bit like that without knowing anything about them he started calling them his mighty Honduran Panthers <laughs> <laughs> big Wilson Palacios get I've heard yeah. alright Jack let's see if you can make this 5 out of 5 your last one Germany Ecuador Poland Costa Rica Two thousand and six. That is two thousand and six. Yeah, that was the um, is that Lam. the Philip Lam goal? Yeah, that was their opening and the game. absolute fucking chaos it into the top corner like yeah. ten minutes in against Costa Rica. Yeah. All right, so that is round one done, and uh, we are at Dave with four points, Garrett unfortunately with one, and Jack with five. But it's all to play for. So let's not. I don't think it's not all be- to play for. It's all to play for. There is maybe two people for. who could win, and then a third person who's also here. <laughs> third person is happy for the opportunity. Yeah, hanging along. All right, round two. Hot dog and a handshake, brother. This, look, look, look is, you, you have a chance for this one because this is just a yes or no round. Yes. So, you know, you got half a chance here. I'm going to get uh, wrong. <laughs> I will give you a name. I simply want you to tell me if they have ever won a World Cup. You will get five questions each and they're worth one point apiece. Garrett, I'm going to start with you for this round. Mm-hmm. Your first player is David Trezeguet or David Trezeguet. Surely. That would be correct, yes. Yeah, 1998. 1998, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Star Ryan. of Euro 2000 as well. Mm-hmm. Dave Ryan. winner. Your first one, Marco Royce. The crux of this is basically, I, were they happened no, to be injured during the tournament I, in which the country I, won? I think Marco Royce missed the World Cup that they won. I'm going to say no. He's right. That would be correct. He was injured for 2014. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jack Lizzo, your first one. Massimo Otto. 
we uh, part of the Italy squad in 2006, I believe. So that is a yes from me. That is correct. Perfect from all three of you. Well done. All right, Garrett, back round to you. Your second one for Italy, Giorgio Cellini. Uh, yay. Ooh, you, you, ooh. I made many noises right Interesting there. things happened to you there. Yeah. yeah why are you really went on the journey there? No. <laughs> Sound of thumbtack. <laughs> was that no? I've decided on no. That is correct. He wasn't yeah. part of the team squad till 2010. Yeah. All right. Because what threw me there was like the Euros, and I was like, it was in the Euros, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he won the Euros. <laughs> Which is the reason I started I on yes and feared. <laughs> I, I remember, that's how I would have remembered, because I remember there was a big deal made in the run-up to that final that like, he was just too young to have been with the World Cup generation. Uh, so this was his only chance to ever win anything. All right, Dave. For Brazil, Danielson. I want to say yes, 2002. That is correct, spot on. All right. Jack, Raul. Raul, let's as in, go see Raul. As in the Spanish Raul? <laughs> yes, as in the Spanish one. Yeah, no. Correct, yes. He said yeah he, uh, and no, that's cheating. He said no. <laughs> no, yeah, he was a... He, uh, you did he it was, again! <laughs> I'm, pre- I'm pretty he, sure. Like, I think that was in his kind of twilight that, years. Yeah, he was only until 2006. Had his, had his shirt for that World Cup. Yeah. yeah. And Fernando right. Torres played a bit as well. So we are, uh, we're all perfect so far, so well done. All right, Garrett, your third player is for Brazil, Jose Cleberson. <laughs> oh, Cleberson. Yes. That is spot on, 2002. I will never forget seeing the teletext headline, Manchester United sign World Cup winning Brazilian. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. <laughs> and then it was Cleberson. We spent the whole summer linked to Ronaldinho and that's what we fucking got. <laughs> All right, Dave, uh, for France, Johan Kabay. No. Correct. Jack, also for France, Thomas Lamar. Thomas Lamar? Uh, Yeah, he would have been part of when they won in 2018, so yes. Correct. Three for three across the board. All right, back over to Garrett, your fourth player for Germany, Joshua Kimmich. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's no. Not for that, Mark. Ruined everything. Oh, thanks, Jack. (laughs) All right, Uh, Dave. Christian Carambu. Christian Carambu. I don't Carambu, know what that means. Yeah. Does that mean no or yes? <laughs> that that means a player. No, I said no. Oh, sorry, I thought you said who. <laughs> and you just said his name again. Sorry, I thought you said who. <laughs> oh, he was definitely in the 98 squad, no? He was in the 98 squad, uh, yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jack, for you, uh, your fourth player for Brazil, Fred, the old one, not the new one. <laughs> There's been at least three. <laughs> As in the shitty striker one? I believe so. Yeah, absolutely no chance. 
He's done it again. So you're saying, so you're saying no. just before Garrett says it, he said it, he's done it again. Yeah, you're saying, saying yeah, no. no. Okay, all right. Very specifically, I'm saying no. Okay, he wasn't okay. part right. of the 2002 this, World start, Cup winning Chris Evans. I'm start rolling back the tapes, Garrett. I wonder has he been doing this for every quiz? Yeah, he's been <laughs> saying yeah, like... no to every yes, no question. Yeah, it's a oh, scheme. Yeah. Right. Mm. It's, a, Jack, it's, a, Jack, it's a it's a it's a resounding you're, you're no from me. Mark. You're, you're correct there. So, all right, uh, Garrett, your last one for this round, Adrian Rabio. Oh, hmm. Hmm. yeah. Yep. Unfortunately, no, he wasn't at 2018. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Was he mm-hmm. not? Nope. I really thought he was. He had I'd have gone no, wrong. Remember, he had the big falling out with everybody. That's typical of French. Yeah. <laughs> Rabio is Rabio. Kind of a tournament. Okay, Dave, your last one for this round. For Spain, David De Gea. No. Correct. Big and Dave. Jack. Jack, last one for you. Jesus. Juan Mata. Jesus lives, Dave saves. Matter. Uh, he won the. A little look into the distance he did after saying that. (laughs) (laughs) I think he won. Yeah, I think he was. I think in 2010 he was, but he didn't play much. Um, But I know he set up up a winner in the Euros two years later. But yeah, I think he's in the 2010 squad. So yes, yes, it's correct. Yes, you are. You are right there. He he was part of the 2010 squad. That's it for round two. Uh, Garrett, you got three points. Uh, Dave, you got four. And Jack got five for that round. So total scores there. Uh, Garrett, you are on four. Dave, you are on seven. And Jack, you are on a perfect ten at the moment. I I am doing very well for a reasonable human level of sports knowledge. (laughs) And that's all I'm playing against in this. All right, this 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 could be an interesting round, both in terms of the questions and also both in terms of my pronunciation of some of these players. But I can't wait. I can't wait. Round three. Uh, I will start by naming two players that appeared at the World Cup. I would like you to tell me which football club that they both played for. If you answer correctly, you will earn three points. If you don't know, I will give you a third player for which will be worth two points for a correct answer. And if you're still unsure, I will give you a fourth player for a chance for one point. In which I however, was still get it wrong. However, does that incorrect- mean they were playing for the same club when they, they were all played for the same? They played for the same club, but they weren't there at the same time. Oh right, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Basically, however, here are two World Cup winners. What club do they have in common? Yeah. Well, not World Cup winners, just played at the World Cup. Oh, okay. Uh, right. However, a guess, an incorrect guess at any point means that that attempt is over. Okay. We all clear? We all good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotta keep, gotta keep all of those answers in my head. <laughs> all right. Um, Dave, I'm going to start with you. Actually, no, Jack, I'm going to start with you for this round because you haven't gone first yet. Yeah. All right, your first two players are Brian Ruiz and Demarcus Beasley. Fulham. That is incorrect. Oh, I'd love to be able to steal. No points for you on that one, I'm afraid. Oh, my God. Uh, you gonna... also had you, you also had uh, Dennis Romidal and Memphis Depay. Yes, PSV. I PSV. It is PSV. Yeah. Correct. I would have yes. also very confidently said Fulham. Jack, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's a Brian Ruiz Fulham legend, but I knew Demarcus Beasley was uh, was a PSV icon. All right, Garrett. He played for in the UK. Someone I can't remember. Uh, your first two players are Eddie Lewis and Pontus Janssen. Keep going. Your third player is Robbie Keane. Uh, oh, Spurs. I... 
No. Unfortunately not. Your fourth player is Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. I have the wrong Spurs. The wrong Janssen. That, 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 who was the terrible flop Janssen at Spurs? Vincent. Yeah. Vincent Janssen. Yeah. Fucked yeah. by Janssen's. <laughs> yeah, the correct answer there was Leeds, Leeds United. United. Yeah. Leeds, 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 Leeds. All right, Dave. Your first two players are Edson Brafield and Dedrick Boyata. I really hope I got those right. Give me another It's whether one. or not you're a gambling man, I yeah. think, on one of those. You want a third player? Yeah, go on. All right, Georgios Samaras. Jesus. Oh, I actually know the answer now. Repeat all three players. Just for my pronunciations. Yeah. Uh, Edson Brafield or Brafied. Brafide? Uh, Brafide, that would be more like yeah. it. Dedrick Boyata and Georgios Samaras. Is it Celtic? Damn it. It, it is. is Celtic, yes. Well done. Uh, so that is two points. Okay, uh, Jack, we are back mm-hmm. round to you. Your first two players are uh, Bernard and Marius Lewandowski. Lewandowski. Bernard? Bernard. <laughs> Bernard. Is he the geezer that used to play for? Is he the geezer that used to play for Everton? He should have just been called Bernard. Marius Lewandowski. Marius Lewandowski. <laughs> Fuck me. Is and this is in the is modern like, era. Assuming it is the Brazilian Bernard. Um but, yeah. just love Brazil national team for periodically having players named Bernard and Fred. <laughs> oh god I okay. might need this uh, this starting 11 is too Brazilian we need the cast of Coronation Street in here somewhere god I don't know I might need to request a not because I'm <laughs> the pain in his voice asking uh, yeah, for n- another player notice the speed at which I asked for another player earlier versus the agony of Jack asking for another player <laughs> I yeah. think it's because it's I, I think it's the Br- I think it's a yeah, Brazilian Bernard. So Bernard. Oh god. Oh Bernard. Thinking that you fucking I didn't play for. It's, uh, you're gonna I have to start remember. penalizing this guy I'm, for time. I'm, I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. Give me you. another club. Yeah, another okay. Club. All right. Uh, your third player is Eduardo Alves de Silva. As in Eduardo, like the striker used to play for Arsenal. That's, a, that's given him a lot of hints if yeah, you, you were to say yes or no on that. You, can't tell you have him, to know who hey, the player is hey would you give me one of the clubs that could possibly be the answer <laughs> yeah. to this <laughs> now we know how he wins all these quizzes we, we're, we're wise to your ways now at this point alright look it's Eduardo and Bernard for sure both played for Shakhtar so I'm going to go with Shakhtar it is Shakhtar Donetsk. Very good. I think like, Jack is Eddie. clearly Who being exposed. Who the fuck is Marius Lewandowski, by the way? Eddie and Bernard. <laughs> he, is the, he is the Manchester City of quizzes. We should revoke all his titles at this stage. Yeah. <laughs> We've exposed his cheating ways. Yeah. Wait, hang on a second. Where am I cheating? What are I cheating now? Ask oh, before, yes. before, oh, this yeah. turn, before this turns into a riot, Garrett. Who gives a full Brazilian I'm name though? Like you don't say like Edson Arantes dos Nascimento. Right. Why does he just give you the answers? It's like it's some sort of fucking quiz or something. Yeah. Right. Right. Did he give you more details? Children, yeah. children. 
Garrett, your second uh, start, question here. It started to feel like Garrett two weeks ago now. <laughs> By the way, that, that was hard, though. You got, like, joking aside, that was fucking tough. Right, Joke, joking aside, will everybody please pause to give me credit? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. Give me my fucking credit, you, you get, slags. You'll get nothing and like it. <laughs> Mark just desperately wants to say some football Garrett, names right now. Kidney. Yes, sir. All right. Leonardo and Christian Zapata. I don't know. Keep going. Tiago Silva. How do I just say a club? Give me another. Felipe Inzaghi. <laughs> just a commentary from Jack, just a Royal of Garrett Very easy. <laughs> I don't know football clubs. <laughs> Real? Unfortunately, it's, United. It's, it's AC Milan. Ah, uh, well. If it makes you feel Garrett, Garrett, better, Garrett, I would be doing significantly worse than you are at the moment. So, <laughs> thank you. Take that for what it's worth. It is right, biased against Dave. the club I support having very few World Cup players. <laughs> well, we have one Dave this Ryan. time, and you're not even doing this World Cup. That's outrageous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Right. Okay, Dave. So I don't uh, think Ilan and Luis... Jack played for four clubs, so we might not fit in this. Dave Ryan. Yes. Your first two players Sorry, are right. Philippe Luis and Maxi Rodriguez. Um, Atletico Madrid. Yeah, that is correct. You also had Diego Forlan and Fernando Torres. (laughs) All right, and we are round to our last group of players here. Jack Stein off. You have Matthew Amoa and Nelson Valdez. (laughs) What the fuck, man? (laughs) Um... Look, I spent at least an hour scoring through Wikipedia trying to get these players together. Mark. Can I just say, you've put in some great work and it shows. Thank Unlike you. a certain I'm, Dave I'm Ryan, gonna, this is I'm, a well-constructed quiz. I, well done. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to moan at you for a quiz I'm winning in. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Nelson Valdez. The, the thing is, oh, do I ask for another one? Oh, God. Are you trying to fucking troll me into my guess? <laughs> Fulham hasn't shot. Am I? Am I? Fulham really does have me shook. Look, Nelson Valdez, Dortmund. Fuck it. Again, Rishi Dortmund? Correct. Your other two players were Thomas Rosicki and Mikai Batshuayi. I think I got that right. Yes, <laughs> Michi Batshuayi. So yeah, yeah the answer's yeah. Dortmund. Come on. Dortmund. Fucking have it. Oh. All right. Garrett. Who the fuck was a mower, by the way? No idea who that guy is. Okay. Garrett, for you, your last uh, club or players. First of all, you have Lee Carsley and Thomas Gravesine. Oh. Everton. Oh, dear, yeah. yeah, yeah Everton. Very good. I've got to be honest with you, right? Oh, my oh, here God. Here he is. Here he is now. Once again, Mr. I guessed it in one last time, too. I'm going to get outraged at you, Mark. <laughs> yeah. And now, and now I guess not, one not in content. one. I have one moment, and Jack is yeah, so yeah. upset at it. Yeah. Not, <laughs> he has to tear me down. Con- not content to complain about the quiz I'm winning at. I'm now going to bury the guy in third place for getting points. Yeah, God forbid. God forbid. <laughs> I am burying Mark Robinson because that is Mark, the last two. Mark, you're doing a great job and you look great this evening, I must Thank say. Thank you very much. I, you know, I am the handsome conduit, so it would make sense. <laughs> All right, Dave, your last uh, players here. First of all, you have Rafael Marquez and Thomas Lamar. Oh, God. I feel like I gotta take the swing just to try and, and keep Jack honest. Um, Barcelona. Ah, yes, come on. Yeah. That's wrong. 
wrong. It's Monaco. Yeah, it is, it's yeah. Monaco. Yeah. You also had Oliver Olivia uh, Oliver Behoff and James Rodriguez. Yeah. Oh, Oliver Behoff would have actually made it. Yeah, harder I for wouldn't. Me. Yeah, I wouldn't have got it till Hammers. So I've only really lost one point there. If you, do you know it's what? Fine. If you just said three of those and put Behoff in there, Mark, yeah. uh, it would have made it harder than with the two. Yeah, yeah. Because I do not remember Beerhoff at Monaco. All right. Well, at the end of round three, Garrett is on seven points, Dave is on 12, and Jack is on 15. So it is all to play for still. It's not. <laughs> Literally doubling my points. So for round four, this is the list and round. Here, I will give you a number, uh, which will be then leading into a question. That question could be, uh, name all the countries that have won a World Cup. Uh, you will then have to uh, bet if you can name as many as you possibly can. Uh, if you say four, your opponent can then say five, and you go back and forth until someone determines that they're going to go forward. Um, points are, if you win, correct. If you get the correct answer, you get two points. If you, you fail, your opponent gets one point. Uh, I hope I explained that clearly enough. If not, go listen to the five-star match game, because they did a job there. Shout out Justin Shapiro. Just edit in Joe Gagney saying the explanation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Garrett, because you are in last place, you are going to go first against Dave. Mm. Uh, And your your numbers are 14, 7, and 16. Or 7. 7. There are seven players that can say from 1998 to 2018 that they have won the Golden Boot. How many of them can you name? None. <laughs> two. Uh, two. I can name two. <laughs> Dave, would you like to increase on that? Three. This, this will end one of two ways. Me either challenging Dave on an easy one so he can get it, or me embarrassing myself on a high number and not getting it. So we'll just challenge Dave and make him name some people. <laughs> so Dave, name three. Dave, name, name three. three golden boot winners. I could not name two. Okay. Um, Ronaldo, the original. That is one. Yep. Um, Diego Forlan. That is two twenty ten. Yep. He said. If I win a point on this, I will be so pleased with myself. Yeah, I know. I'm starting to I'm starting to really second guess myself now. Uh, um Oh man. You need one more? Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. That. Um I can't believe. I'm like shifting in my seat right now. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Yeah. But you know, the pressure's different, isn't it? It's like yeah. if I'm under the barrel, it's. But yeah. I like the trail off of that thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to have to gently nudge you along here for a, a third answer. Mm-hmm. Could not, but yeah. I mean, like the level of abuse uh, for me if I was taking this yeah, side. Yeah, Kylian Mbappe. Unfortunately, that is not correct. Yeah. yeah. It, it is for 2022, though. Yeah, 2022, yeah. That's, that, that's, I forgot it wasn't 2022. Fuck. All right. As Dave, soon as I said it. Dave, you could have also had David Sukar, Maris, Miroslav Kloser, Thomas Muller, James Rodriguez, and Harry Kane. 
Sir Harold of Cain, how could yeah. you forget? Very well. I would actually sooner not take the point than acknowledge Harry Kane. Well, well this is what I thought. I thought you were going to get that right, but get it right without saying Harry Kane and then yeah. say, I could have said Harry Kane, but fuck him anyway. Yeah, yeah. Interesting fact I, with the 2010 one, uh, Diego Forlan was level on goals with Wesley Snyder, but ahead on assists. Indeed. Um, okay, Dave, we are going to stick with you. You have Great. the numbers 14 and 16. Uh, 14. 14 teams from 1998 to 2018 can say they have reached the semi-finals of the World Cup. How many can you name? Start off right in the middle, eight. Jack? I will go nine. Look, we can pointlessly just list them, Jack, because he's going he's gonna to have all of them. There's no, <laughs> like... You can, you can push him so in well. Then you should no, have made right. him name nine of them, all of them. No. Yeah, all right, no, Jack, can... you have got to name nine. You worked yourself into a shoot there, so, Dave. No, he's, he's good. it doesn't matter how far I pushed him. He has them. Like, so I know the one I'm playing here. So 2018, right? So third place playoff was see Belgium beating England. <laughs> he remembers the third place playoff. Literally, could probably tell you the scores too. The, the, I mean, fairness, the game, the game, of, the game Jack, of the World Cup Jack, is designed sorry, to be forgotten. Dave, Dave, he's English. All right, we are both going to remember that. Come on now, even yeah. I remember that. Um, so then France beat Croatia four two in the final. It's already up to um, Previous World Cup. 2014, Germany beat Argentina in the final, so that's six. Oh, I want to say it was Holland who won the third place playoffs, but I can't remember against who. Uh, and then previous World no, Cup. You, you're putting Holland in that one, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm up to what, seven? You are up to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yep. So then Spain beat Holland, but we've already said Holland already. Germany were third place playoff in that. Which World Cup be on? 2010. Oh, yeah. They beat Uruguay. So, Uruguay. You have Annie Bon Bronckhurst. <laughs> yep. He's already hit the nine. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You've yeah. hit nine there. Uh, others that you could have also picked from were Brazil, South yeah. Korea, Turkey, Italy, and Portugal. Yeah. I was trying to see if I could actually go back and do the. Yeah. You did take that joy from him, Dave, so well done. Yeah. Who beat? Yeah. Who did Netherlands beat I, that's, that's in twenty fourteen? Like if I if I pushed him all the way, he just like for every one he named, there's the smugness level would have gone through the roof. <laughs> Take a little bit of smugness away from yeah, him. Yeah, that's yeah, our main yeah. aim yeah. here. I should have. I just should have said name. I should have just started at two and said name <laughs> just to make a dirty loss for yeah. Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or dirty win. <laughs> please, please do it in your category. <laughs> Try to make him, feel, make him feel as bad yeah. as he can about winning, which yeah, is yeah. impossible, I think. One. <laughs> One. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I'm just going to put that in there. So, Jack, uh, it is your turn. You are left with the number 16, which is there are 16 teams that say can say they have qualified or won a match in the World Cup on penalties. Oh, how many of those 16 do you think you could name? Five. Garrett's six. Jack seven. Garrett, do you want to contest? I'll just say eight. Just gonna start naming countries. <laughs> Jack, back to you. Go on, Garrett. All right, Garrett, you need eight teams. All right, Germany. 
Germany is for one. Surely won many penalty shootouts. Have England ever won anything? What's the deal? If he says one wrong name, is that yeah, it? This, yeah, is, this yeah. is a series of blind guesses based on probability, Jack Lazell. <laughs> <laughs> um, Go on, Garrett. I actually want him to do it. To Spain? Be uh, Spain, yep. Correct. Italy? They've dragged people to a nil-nil penalty shootout. Italy? They, you, they won the World Cup on penalties. Be, yep. uh, France? France, yep, yep, they're in there. 98. The Netherlands? The Netherlands are in there as well. Yeah, that's five. So I've done the keeper. So I've done the keeper to save some pounds. Argentina, Argentina in that. Yep. Yeah, beat England. Just say Brazil. <laughs> yes, Brazil are in there as well. You need one more. One oh, final. Oh, there's so much. No. Oh, this is agonizing. <laughs> um, oh wait, that was ninety four. Uh, Go on, Garrett. Port- Go on, Portugal. Son. Correct. Portugal 2006. Yeah, well. blindly yes. naming countries. <laughs> <laughs> what I mate? You Which could have in, also, in in a different way, also made uh, it less special for Jack because <laughs> you just you, you took all the skill out of quizzery. <laughs> no, I'm proud of him. He smashed it. I'm uh, just gonna quickly uh, get, make sure that's in. Okay, cool. Uh, you could have also had South Korea, Ukraine, Paraguay. Uruguay, Costa Rica, Russia, Croatia, and good old England. I was scared of England because of their propensity for losing penalty shootouts. (laughs) Beat beat Colombia in uh, 2018 on pens. Good old Southgate. All right, so that is the end of round four, and the scores are currently looking. Gareth, you have made it to double digits. You're on 10 points. Dave, you're on 12. Jack, you're on 17. Let it be noted, final... as the only person who got two points in that round, I won that round. Mm-hmm. I won a round. Uh, Gotta give it up to him. Uh, our final round is a quick fire round made up of nine questions that are worth one point for a correct answer. Uh, Garrett, as you are in last place, you are going to go first. Wait, so I'm on 10. What's Jack on? Jack is on 17. Oh, I can catch him technically. Okay. You could catch him. <laughs> I'm now invested. You <laughs> <laughs> this is what I like to see. This is the passion of live sports. Uh, All right. Okay, Garrett, your first question. Who did Spain defeat in the semifinals of the 2010 World Cup? The, the, the hot Netherlands. Uh, sadly, it was Germany. Iceland and which other country made their debut in 2018? It, it's... How can, I'm trying to not be disrespectful to a country by saying it's the right. Slovakia. Unfortunately, it's my fan favorite Van Halen song, Panama. Who scored the opening goal of the 2006 World Cup? I'd be fascinated to see the number of countries you would have asked me to say before I would have said Panama. Closer? No, it's Philip Long, as we discussed earlier. I don't who pay won, I've already lost, who won by the, the way. <laughs> I can no longer catch Jack. I'm now thoroughly unemotionally invested. <laughs> who won the Best Young Player Award at the 1998 World Cup? Uh, 98. Who was good after 98? Who was around oh, in 98? Fuck, I know who this was. Um... I don't know. It was Michael Owen. Yeah. What was the significance of Lauren Blanc's winning goal against Paraguay in 1998? It was a golden goal. It was the first golden goal. The first ever golden goal, yeah. Who is the all-time goal scorer at the World Cup? 
Who is it these days? <laughs> is it still Thomas Muller? Was it ever oh, Thomas Muller? Mir- no, Miroslav Klose. Yeah. Klose, see, Klose was my first instinct, and I switched to the wrong jersey because I know Klose was like top scorer. Yeah, he overtook yeah. Ronaldo. Who has the distinction during this period of winning the World Cup as both player and manager? Uh, Deschamps. Correct. Correct. Who captained England in 2010? Rooney? No, Steven Gerrard. Gerrard. Yeah. Who won the goal of the tournament in 2018? Um, I know who this was. Yeah, I think yeah, I, because Mark, I, know, I know Mark's obsession with this. Yeah, Mark loves this. It's a fucking great goal. All right, oh, it really is. Uh, I don't know. The only good Ronaldo. thing he's ever done. Literally, <laughs> uh, no, he used up every ounce of his talent in this one shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big no. bag of shit before and after. It was. Uh, it was Benjamin Pavard. Mm. Yeah. Come and have a go if you think Pavard enough. All right, that uh, means you at the end of that round you got two points, so you finish this quiz with twelve points, Garrett. Yeah. Ooh. So I need I need one point to definitively finish second. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Thanks, right. Right. They've need, never been higher. Five <laughs> points to catch up with Jack. Yeah. Can I just say the nation of Ireland is on a combined twenty four points right now, so I feel good about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. Sure. All right. And actually, we'll we have half way. of Jack's points too. Yeah, that, fine, <laughs> so, fine. Yeah. Well, no, Jack has six of your points then. So. No, no. Not how it works. No, no. <laughs> okay. No. Dave. Actually, we should get bonus points for you bringing up painful uh, <laughs> memories of colonialization. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, your first question starts now. Who was the only England player to convert a penalty in the quarterfinal shootout against Portugal in 2006? Ah, oh, fuck. <clears throat> Was it Jared? It was Owen Hargreaves. Owen Hargreaves. Oh, what, what was the final score? And he stabbed me in the back. He was the best player on the pitch that game. He was fucking unbelievable. Yeah. What was the final score in the 2014 final between Germany and Argentina? The final. Yes. Final score after 90 minutes. Just the final score in the 2014 final between Germany and oh, Argentina. One nil after extra time. Correct. Which pop star performed at the opening ceremony of the 2018 tournament? <laughs> Great question. Is it Pitbull? No, Baffin Lee was Robbie Williams. Williams. Oh, it was. Yeah, sorry. Pitbull was 2010 with Shakira. Yes, yes. Yeah. Waka waka. With the giant dung beetle and R. Kelly. Yeah. A very Man. well-judged opening ceremony in hindsight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that aged great, didn't it? Like, like a fucking, fucking glass milk. of milk. Yeah. All right. Which nation is the only one to top the FIFA World Rankings without ever winning a World Cup? As a Belgium. Correct. Mm-hmm. Which club did Anton Griezmann play for during his time, uh, during the time of the 2014 World Cup? Teen World Cup. Why am I completely blanking where he was? I'm just going to say with full-throated confidence that I'm wrong, Atletico Madrid. Yeah, don't overthink yeah. that one. It was LA. 
It was Real Sociedad. Yeah, it was before. It was 2018. He was at... 24? No, he definitely played for Athletic in 2014. Maybe he moved that summer. During the time of the 2014 World Cup. Oh, okay. I would have guessed Athletic for that as well. What was the score between Ireland and Saudi Arabia in their final group game of the 2002 World Cup? 3 now. Correct. How many individual goal scorers did Spain have during the 2010 World Cup? Fuck me, that's a hard question. <laughs> Seven. No, it was only three. Mm. David Villa that's with f- five, Iniesta with two, and Carlos Puyol with one. Mm. The twenty two thousand and six round of uh, sorry, the two thousand and six round of sixteen match between Netherlands and Portugal is also to refer to as the Battle of Nuremberg. Correct. Nineteen ninety eight FR Yugoslavia. <laughs> By the way, if no one's seen highlights of that game, oh, like I, 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 I watch it once some, a year. Pop some popcorn and throw that shit on YouTube, my friends. It's a 19- fucking, it's a fucking fist fight with a ball that rolls past every now and then. Nineteen ninety eight FR Yugoslavia would appear at the two thousand and six World Cup under what name? Would appear in- a geography question for <laughs> it's a football question. What were they known as in 98? FR Yugoslavia. And you're talking 2006 then? Yeah. Was it FYR Macedonia? No, it was Serbia and Montenegro. Serbia and Montenegro. Mm. All right, that is one, two, three, four points. So, uh, Jack, I'm sure you're going to want to do your questions anyway. Congratulations, Jack. You've won. Don't don't give it to him. Don't give him the victory lap. Do you want to give another nine questions to Garrett? (laughs) 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 All right, Jack, you have nine questions. You're on 17 points. You've already won, but you know, we're here. So do your victory lap. Question one, which sports brand supplies the balls for every World Cup? Adidas. Correct. Who managed Belgium prior to Roberto Martinez at the 2014 World Cup? Uh, Mark. Uh, uh, fucking, what's his name? Uh, Mark Wilmot. Correct. Who provided the headed assist for Robbie Keane's famous equaliser against Germany at the 2002 World Cup? <sighs> oh, I don't actually think I remember this. Um, I'm going to go with Matt Holland. Okay. Can I, can I, uh, it, it, he won't get the point, but can I give Jack a hint for this? Sure, go for it. Uh, you may have heard the story that I once saw this Republic of Ireland footballer take a drunken piss in my local pub. <laughs> I don't remember Do that. Know? It's Niall Quinn, no. isn't it? Yeah, it's Niall Quinn. It's also, correct. it's was Irish it, football. It? If we lump it up to somebody that's headed on, it's yeah, always yeah, it's Niall Quinn. Headed down for Robbie Keane. <laughs> yeah, you know it's what? It's never not Niall Quinn. You've, you've, you've absolutely I thought about that, that more. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. What agreed. animal was the 2014 mascot Fuleco? Um, Brazil. Brazil's not an animal, Jack. Just <laughs> no, I was going to no, say just, that. Yeah, but. yeah. You have to take his first answer. <laughs> Fuleco. Um, some sort of dog. I don't know. No, it's an armadillo for reasons I don't know. I like yeah. armadillos. Who was the third place winner in 2002? Uh, that'd be South Korea. No, that was Turkey. It was Turkey. Oh, did they Rush beat him? Two. Rush two. Oh, wait. Who Fuck holds it. the record for the fastest goal scored in a World Cup game? Um. That's a tough one. Um, is it, is it still Turkey? Is it Hakan Is it that Sake? same game? 
It's, uh, yes, it's Hakan Shukur, yeah. 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 The 2018 World Cup set a new record for what? Attendance? No, own goals. Yeah. Oh. What was the score at half time in the 2014 Brazil versus Germany semi final? 5 1. No, 5 0. 5 0. Ah, yeah, yeah. Take his first answer there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who scored Italy's winning penalty in the 2006 World Cup final? Um, it was. Was it Fabio Grosso? Oh, he gets it there at the last second. Yeah. Yes, Fabio Grosso. That gives you yeah. one, two, three, four points for a final score of 21. And Jack, oh, you are the winner. Still lost Ireland on 24. Those were properly tough as well, those. Um, I like it. Uh, yeah, there I we go. I did not remember that the mascot of Brazil was an armadillo. Blind me. You know, the 06 mascot was a lion named Golio and he had a football called Pila. If you'd asked me that, I, I would have been able I, to tell you that. I, th- I think you'll find the mascot for that World Cup was Paul the Octopus. <laughs> Mm, yes. Paul dead? Probably dead, right? Yeah, he's definitely Probably, dead. Of course. Yeah. Come on now. How long do you In 2006, the mascots were the English wags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm done. I'm tapped out. This is there three months is. in the making, baby. Three months in the making. Was it worth it? Fucking right, it was. I appreciate your commitment to still doing it after writing it, even though it's yeah. long out of date. There's literally been a World Cup since. <laughs> I put at least three hours working to putting this together, and I'm not letting those go to waste. Yeah, just out of shit, I'd do the same thing. I was really hoping that, like, after all this, Jack's last question was going to be, what was Kelsey Grammer's name in the movie Money Plane? <laughs> <laughs> and it would lose me all my points. Such a good bit. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, there you go. You can well end done, the show Mark. now, Dave. Well done. Thanks. This so been... do a wrestling quiz for me. Give me something I know. Fuck's yeah. sake. Yeah. Um, I would lose the fuck out of a wrestling quiz, by the way. So, yeah, if anyone wants well, you to throw that out. Yeah. Like, Says Mr. One well, like... on a wrestling, wrestling quiz yeah, two weeks ago. you won ago. a wrestling quiz two weeks ago. What are you talking about? I mean, about? you, so- you soft-serve me the multiple choices on that. I think I've probably got one or two, maybe, at most. Uh, thank you everybody for listening to another action-packed edition of Link to the Cast Mark is absolutely spent well done to him thank you for putting together that buddy uh if you want to follow us, uh, come up with different quiz ideas or anything, at Link to the Cast is where you need to go uh, to check us out, to check out the new shows as they're posted and the stuff we're talking about, etc, etc. Individually, I'm at the Day to Dave. Mark is at Lithium Project. Jack is at Jack Lazell. And Garrett is at Garrett Kidney. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. Football.